What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 512 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about. Who are we? Well, I'm uh, Lash LaRue, apparently, because <laughs> I said that name earlier. I'm Tony Mango. Joining me as always, we've got Robert E. Police. Wow, we're on here with the WCW legend, Lash LaRue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Callum Wiggins. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's a weird, that's a weird start, Tony. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> so the reason behind that was that we were talking about these uh, this Lash legend, and I I went with Lash Larue, so he's on my mind right now. So shout out to Lash Larue. I don't know if he's ever been brought up on this podcast before, or ever will again. <laughs> but at least you can see him throw when it comes to this. Well, if you want a little bit more of Lash Larue, you can always check out our retro podcast in the archives. Is he really talked about in that? No. At least, <laughs> is he not at least in one of the opening pay-per-views for WWE? I don't know. I, I mean, like maybe he was in like some shitty match in one of the early, one of the late uh, WCW pay-per-views. But oh, there you go. There's your last Larue cut. Well, if you do want more Lash LaRue content, one thing that you can do is you can hit up the Pick Your Poison tier on Patreon and you request whatever it would be. I don't know what it would be. It's like the best of Lash LaRue or something. I don't know. Maybe uh, we can commission him to do some kind of a caricature or something. But yeah, patreon.com slash moment. Check it out if you are interested in anything like that. There's also the join button on YouTube, which gives you access to the members only stuff. It's the exact same thing as Patreon. It's just in two different spots. So dark casts are on both and the same tiers kind of follow suit one way or the other just to keep the ball rolling when it comes to that. If you do want to help us out in any other kind of way, monetary or not, one thing you can do is hit the like button on here. You can hit that uh, subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Share this with anybody. Pass this along if you want to, you know, make some new uh, fans of the website and everything. Check out the stuff on Public and Redbubble for the merchandise options and stuff. Hit the little thanks button if you want to give us a little bit of a tip when it comes to that. Outside of tips, like my grandpa used to say, which were things like, here's a tip, stay single, and whatnot. <laughs> which I'm sure was not the funniest joke in the world to anybody but him at the time. But, um, you know, there's that kind of stuff. And most importantly, out of, you know, hanging around here while you're listening to the podcast, drop a comment below and tell us your thoughts on what you have to say on these kind of topics that we're going to get into. We don't normally do the hot tags at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, but one of the reasons why we wanted to do this here, the scheduling thing was primarily more than anything else, but one of the other reasons was, hey, that'll give them enough time to figure out extreme rules, right? Like, we gotta know by Saturday night, and we don't. (laughs) So, what I thought was going to be the main hot tag of updates to the extreme rules card and all the updated predictions of these extra matches that they're going to add and these stipulations that they're going to add didn't add a damn thing. So that in and of itself is a hot tag. What is going on tomorrow with Extreme Rules, guys? Oh, I presume we're going to have six matches. Like, that's really, just the, just six matches and not even, like, one on the kickoff? Or just, even then, like, just five matches with one on the kickoff? Yeah, let's wrap it up in a nice, neat, like, two, two and a half hours, and then just, like, call it a day. You, realistically, who the fuck cares? I just can't I, picture them having that short of a pay-per-view. I yeah, think that but, they're going to end up, you know, they'll add a match or two or three, or at least a match before the, uh, before the pay-per-view. You think they're going to do, like, that Twitter 
kind of BS? Or do you think that they're going to wait until the kickoff to be like, and this just added, here's five more matches. (laughs) The average match, like, the card is usually between eight and nine matches. So that's where I'm like, they're two or three behind here. But they're using all their they're using their bigger matches now primarily for TV. So maybe they're just deciding, oh yeah, we'll just we'll just go with this. And Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to um, them maybe dragging out Carmella and Liv Morgan for twenty minutes. Ugh. See <laughs> see how they can do that. See how well they go with that. But uh, no, I I just don't think that there's any real interest from their side to put any more onto them than what they already have. And if they will do anything extra, it'll just be a fairly lame duck, lame duck match on the kickoff show before the, the six match main card. At this point, I'm not looking forward to the pay-per-view as much even because now I'm really feeling like they're going to just slap some extra stuff on there and that it's not even going to be anything worthwhile. Like it would just be, Hey, Natty and Tamina have a rematch for the tag team titles just for the sake of eating up 20 minutes. Or, uh, well, they can't really do anything with uh, the Usos and the whole setup with the, I was going to call them American Alpha. What do they call them now? We got a blanket on them. Alpha uh, Academy. Alpha Academy, yeah. Like they did like this little tease about some of that stuff, but it's like they're not going to get added to the match. But if they just add some stupid extra matches that you would skip past on Raw and SmackDown, come on, guys, you know, like, just, you can't keep doing this and then go, hey, what happened? If you run a restaurant and you like, ah, we sacrificed the quality of the ingredients and we don't, you know, we, uh, we take forever to give everybody their orders and we give them dirty plates. Why aren't they showing up? <laughs> the reality is they can and they have continued to do this. The good news is there is an alternative that is hopefully going to make them see, hey, they, they use clean plates and they their food's actually hot when it arrives to the table. It's nice. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, this is Simpsons quota. Uh, and for the love of God, people, put your garbage in a garbage can. Get stressed this enough. It's bizarre, but it's also WWE just kind of treading water as they will inevitably do through the draft and then they'll go hey wrestlemania season's coming (laughs) i can tell you one thing's happening tonight after we get done doing this podcast i'm gonna set aside some time and i'm gonna already write up on my uh my biggest takeaways post for bleacher report which you guys will be able to read right after the pay-per-view I'm already going to write up a section of it. That'll be one of my biggest takeaways is why the hell was it this extreme rules? Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, that's for sure. I, I honestly kind of, again, but that's just kind of, this is my mindset approaching WWE in general. I'm not, I'm not doing the bit, don't worry. Um, it's, <laughs> the bit was uh, over, though. You got a lot of good yeah, comments about it last it, week. It, yeah, 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 it was over. But uh, you got you got to save it for the right moments, really. <laughs> and uh, this is where I've got my serious news newscaster mind on so i'm gonna try and take it a bit more seriously uh but just in my general mindset towards wwe right now i'm actually kind of happy that it's only going to be a couple of hours long and then it's just like yeah it's done not in a nice tidy little box just yeah i don't even think we're getting that i think we're gonna get a pay-per-view that ends around 11 30 
you know, it's just, just going to have bullshit like, on it. Like, that, yeah. it's just going to have a lot of filler. It's going right. to have, hey, and here's an ad for the King of the Ring and the Queen of the Ring. Hey, here's, you know, this Here's happy seconds. talk again with Baron Corbin. We, right. we can and take then, five minutes out of the time for him to walk to the ring and do that. Or here's. And that'll somehow lead to like a tables match that you could have just announced prior to. Well, see, you're also talking to this the a person who's not going to be watching it live, so I don't <laughs> care about all that stuff. I can skip through all that. So I'll be skipping through all that stuff. So that's to be so. fair, yeah, you don't have to report on it and everything like we would do. Where we're exactly. like, come on, just end, <laughs> like you know, kind of deal. Exactly, my mindset is so much more um, is so much more beneficial going into this one. I'm actually more excited about seeing less wrestling. <laughs> there you go, WWE. That's how you win them over. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, do you guys want to see so less of our stuff? <laughs> You'd be so terrible that it's actually a positive that I get to see less of you. <laughs> God, since, re- that same um, restaurant metaphor, like you go in and they're kind of like, we've got high prices and we give you less food. <laughs> and you're like, ah, this is great. <laughs> well, those uh, are our updates, quote unquote, for Extreme Rules, which means I guess tomorrow, whenever they announce whatever the updates are, it'll be this mad dash of... All right, I gotta change this. Gotta change this. Gotta change that. But the updates will happen whenever they happen. Don't don't pre-write too much because I'm sure they will add a championship match or or whatever. You know, I'm sure that at least one championship match is gonna be added to the card. What are you thinking? I still think it'll be Bobby Lashley barges into Adam Pearce's office, demands a singles match with Big E, gets it for some reason. And Biggie beats Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I still think that that's... I mean, that's the most glaring omission right now, at the very least, so... Because they had a WWE Championship match and a program set for the show, and they just were like, yeah, no. (laughs) And moved on. And now we can't even get the Raw Tag Team title match that we were supposed to get because MVP's injured. I don't know. Anyway, Bad moving man. on to another hot tag here. WWE filed a trademark for Vish Kanya. So we're not sure who that's going to be yet, but here's my theory. Riddick uh, Moss? No, I don't think Riddick Moss, because uh, they did refer to him as Riddick Moss. Well, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't think they're going to uh, but, Riddick Moss. Well, they've done that in the past, though. They've literally had people on the same episode. They've said, that's so-and-so, and then the person said, I used to be so-and-so, and my name is now whatever. They've done that. Well, so, you know, they haven't they haven't brought up the other half of uh, Indushare. He could be Vish, right? Uh, but then it would probably just be Vish. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but they've think, done that before where they've trademarked, like, Vish Kanya and then just Vish. I think it's Guru Raj. Because they had a thing on NXT this week. Did you guys watch NXT? Yes. Yep. Do you remember the thing with Zion Quinn? No. When he beats up <laughs> the guy because he wasn't being polite to women. Right. So if anybody didn't see it, Zion Quinn, they do this thing where it's like earlier today, he's heading into like oh, a that, performance yeah. center oh, yeah, or so. Yeah. And he's flirting with these two girls. He holds the door open for them. And somebody, I think it was Guru Raj, comes and just tries to walk in front. And then he's like, hey, you know, uh, the fuck, dude. He goes, well, chivalry's dead. He gets slammed. That was you the know? funniest. <laughs> he goes, chivalry's dead, bro. And the guy lets the women in, and he just beats the crap out of them. And I wrote good. down at the time, I was like, 
Oh, Zion Quinn turned heel. Wait, no, because he said Chivalry is dead, and he... Wait, so Guru Raj turned... Wait, no. Somebody turned heel here. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who it is, but someone did something. I guess we'll find out next week. I think it's more of uh, that Zion Quinn's still the baby face, but... Is what? Is it finally getting to you, all the heel and face turns? Finally? What do you mean? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You're watching the show, like, I don't know what's happening here. Who's turning heel? Oh, no, that's well past. I mean, look, uh, there's two pages on the website that deal with heel and face turns, one of them being a literal spreadsheet. So we're well, well, well past that point. But I think that that's who it's going to be. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out, like we do with every other trademark. Somewhere down the line, somebody will pop up on NXT. They'll lose some squash match, and it'll be like, oh, it's Vishkanya. Okay. But usually... These names tend to be more on the NXT side of things than the main roster, so I'm leaning in that direction. Fine enough name for now. It's not that stands out weird. It's not like Von Wagner, where it was like Von Wagner. Thankfully, they changed that. So that's the trademark going on. We've got a trademark-esque kind of thing going on with AEW. They are partnering up with the Owen Hart Foundation, and they are going to create their own tournament. That's called the Owen Hart Cup, and the cup itself is going to be referred to as the Owen, just like the Stanley Cup. And, you know, like some people name their things instead of it just being like, this is a whatever cup and that's the end of it. And this seems to have upset some people. Well, don't go, don't jump into the negative. Let's talk about how great this is. Well, that's in in two ways. That's the thing is, why would this upset people? This is a good thing. (laughs) Like, well... It upset it upsets the people that think that Owen Hart is quote unquote owned by WWE, and and I know what you th- know what you're thinking. I could make a lot of different uh, jokes here. I'm worried about saying them on the air. Well, they, uh, it's not really jokes. It's actually just literal, just points of fact almost. But again, it's difficult to say this through all the different legalese. But let's go so far as to say I don't think that those people seem to understand the gravitas of the fact that that company is responsible to some extent, again, trying to just tiptoe around certain things, they are responsible for that man's death. And so it's not a case of, oh, Marv Hart now hates wrestling and all the stuff surrounding it. No, they hate. she kind of hates the company that is responsible for her husband's death. And when another company comes around and says, oh, we've got to do this as well because your guy, your um, uh, husband was a like legend in professional wrestling and we'd like to honour him through this. We've got some ideas about how we're going to do it. So like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, and <laughs> like so, the so whole thing thing recently. And now, now Owen Hart is back and he's going to have this tournament and – Gonna, I guess, gonna see more archive footage of him, maybe through AEW. Obviously, couldn't use WWE stuff, but maybe stuff from before that. Again, it depends on how much WWE owns in terms of the the content library and stuff like that. But it's gonna be in the video game. Yeah, it's just it. It really is an overall positive, apart from the people that just seem to hate everything that AEW does and feel like this is some sort of impinge on their right to the guy that's did uh, of course work for them but they don't they don't own him yeah that's that's where they this gets a little bit weird because it's like this isn't like they're doing like aew is doing the vince mcmahon cup it's owen hart like he's he's not somebody who is you know tied to wwe in that kind of fashion he's 
somebody who worked there and then unfortunately passed away when he was part of the company. That doesn't mean that he never did anything anywhere else and that they can't honor him in their own way. Like, be happy about the fact that Owen Hart's getting something in uh, on his honor and all that. Don't be upset about if WWE wanted to do it, then they should have tried to do it or something. You know, like it's just kind of. Well, they actually, actually, they did try and do it, but then they were probably, probably said, "But no, my husband died under your watch by doing a stupid thing that you said you decided to set up for a cheap laugh, and then didn't protect him properly." Yeah, and even so then, like, then it's like uh, that's well within her right to to feel that way and everything, absolutely. and she's it's the one people- that should make the judgment call on these. Everybody, not the fans. <laughs> It's just a load of like, it's just, again, a bunch of people on Twitter just upset about the fact that, oh, Owen Hart's never going to go in the Hall of Fame now. Or it's just like, I, as long as his legacy has been respected and his family, it's with his family's blessing wishes that this stuff is happening, then that's great. That's all I really need to hear. I don't, I don't feel like, oh, it's WWE or nothing with Owen Hart. It's almost like, oh, this is a betrayal from beyond the grave. It's just like, oh, it's. Some of these people really just don't have a clue. The one thing I heard was the Tony Khan is a manipulator and he, how dare he do this and take advantage of this situation. The WWE would take advantage of the situation. You're just like, Tony Khan's doing something great and giving Owen Hart back to wrestling fans through action figures. Video game, they've confirmed him for the video game, which is rad because... Some kid is going to be like, I did this legendary Owen Hart guy against Kenny Omega, and it was a good match in the game, and I want to know more about Owen Hart. And then, yeah, like, you watch his Mania match with Brett. It's all good. But, like, the, we say on the show all the time, good things are good. This is literally the epitome of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great thing. This is a good thing for wrestling. It should be celebrated. I don't get why anybody would even remotely be negative about it it's people just want to be upset about something all the fucking time and like own heart is like i don't know where he would rank on my favorites list but he's up there pretty high like i mean he he's not top five but he'd be top 25 for me own heart is fantastic and for them to be like hey we're doing a whole tournament where like the cup itself is going to be called the owen like yeah that's fucking cool I don't know how people can be like, and I'm upset about that because WWE, whatever. Do you guys like work for WWE? Is this the type of thing where you guys are all sitting around huddling mad about that? Are they trying to say that Tony Khan's manipulating people by using Owen Hart as like, like to get the fans on his side against WWE? Is that what they're thinking? Well, yeah, like, like that's what it comes across to me. Like, oh, him and his money, his evil, dirty money. Like, <laughs> I think it's more dirty money than. Uh, Vince McMahon, you know, like, like, like you... Tony Khan's like very unabashedly a huge mark for pro wrestling, a huge dork, and it's right <laughs> in the best I... ways. Like, he's just kind of like, This is fucking phrase. great, this is great. So, I'm sure he's probably sitting there back there, like, dude, Owen Hart was great. How about we do something to you know, honor this great wrestler? <laughs> the guy and brought I'm in excited. like all these people, like Jake Roberts and all that stuff, because he's a fan. And I'm excited for the tournament. Like, to me, the name that leaps out was Pillman to win this thing. That'd be cool. And I'm, I'm excited for, like, who could possibly win it? 
Uh, th- there was a suggestion made on the Fightful Wednesday at War podcast. I don't know if I'll get into it, but like the doors are wide open and the Owen Hart, you know, Memorial Cup or whatever it will be called, is the great thing for wrestling. So now, is this the thing that they were trying to get before where they were going to file that trademark for King of Hearts? Well, they did. They were successful? Yeah. Okay. Huh. So I'm wondering if that was maybe at least another version of that that they were going to go with. Or maybe they still are going to go with it. Well, as you know, at least refer to him as the King of Hearts in the video game. So they probably need to have at least the trademark for that term as well. They say like the King of Hearts are in heart or something on those lines. I'm very excited for that roster. Because even like at this point, the Legends side of it is growing. You've got Sting, Arn, Tully, Owen. You've got uh, uh, Dusty because Cody owns the trademark for Dusty. You got Jake Roberts. It's like this is a great. It's shaping up to be a great game. And by the way, if you want more positives flowing in the direction of the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, we've got our Champs Giving tournament going on right now, and this is based off of who is the best King of Ring, uh, King of the Ring so far. So the first round is up, and you're going to be able to vote on. Well, you are able to vote right now, at the very least, on who you think should be moving on to round two. And there are matches of this, like. Uh, Owen Hart is up against King Baron Corbin. We've got King Harley Race against Ted DiBiase. We got Bret Hart against King Barrett. Stone Cold against King Sheamus. The Macho King against King Shinsuke Nakamura. King Kurt against William Regal. Lesnar against Helmsley. We got uh, King Edge the Awesome against King Booker T. So go ahead and uh, vote on who you think the best is, and we will continue going along with that over the course of the next couple of weeks, leading up to, you know, obviously round two, round three, round four. That's how those tournaments work. And I don't know, maybe Owen Hart gets crowned the winner of that as well. He's probably got my vote most of the way at the very least. I don't know for sure. I didn't really pick one yet that I'm going to probably champion the whole way around, but I know he's got my vote against King Corbin. That's for sure. Despite the fact that I like King Corbin a lot. But King of Hearts, what a great fucking name. That's perfect. So Owen Hart, two thumbs up. The Owen Hart Foundation working with AEW, doing this Owen Hart Cup, two thumbs up. Absolutely. Let's talk about Grand Metalik, or as how they used to announce him in Cruiserweight Classic, Grand Metalik, because for some reason they did that all the time. He has... And I would say the word finally <laughs> requested his release from WWE. This guy tweeted out like two and a half or three years ago. Where should I go next? <laughs> and it was like AAA, CMLL, uh, Lucha Underground. Obviously, uh, AEW, I don't think was really a thing at the time. But I think he had Impact listed on there. So... He's wanted out for a while, and there's no confirmation that he has had his release granted and that he's gone, but he's at least requested it. I don't know where that stands as far as Lindsay Dorado goes. Is any kind of updates on if Lindsay has or if he's still okay with all that? Uh, I haven't heard anything specifically about Lindsay, but I'd imagine that it was always Kalisto and Grand Metalik that were like, 
Well, these guys are great, and Lindsay's here. I'm, and that's like, it sounds mean, but like that's the way it was always perceived. Like, Kalisto came in with a lot of buzz. Graham Metalik has been called the best wrestler in the world by Brian Danielson. Danielson openly wanted to work a mask versus hair program with him. Like, he was sought after. I don't think Lindsay is in the same respect. But Lindsay seems to be, at least from my like very uninformed uh, perception, kind of seems like he's a little bit more into the WWE side of things. Like he, from the reports that I had seen, was the one that pitched a Lucha House Party. So he might be sticking around even if Grand League leaves, just because it's like, all right, well, I want to be here and I'll just do my solo thing. Because you don't have Kalisto in competition for that anymore. You don't have Grand Metalik anymore. I can't imagine that Lince is going to get some major push on his own. And I like Lince. That's not, I don't want this to come off as me being like, yeah, and he's Lince Dorado and, you know, who fucking cares? But Lucha House Party as a duo just doesn't seem to get much of a push every once in a while. So I would picture that he would be more along the lines of continuing to wrestle on main event. But who knows? I mean, maybe they give Metalik his release, and maybe Lindsay's there, and they go, this guy actually stuck with us. Let's do something with him. That'd be cool. I like Lindsay. Yeah, I highly doubt it. I don't um, have a whole lot be, of faith that it would you know, be some major thing, but... Yeah. I imagine that... I mean, part of the reason why... Prob- well, I'd say probably, but there's probably a good reason why we don't hear anything about Lindsay Dorado leaving is because he probably doesn't have the same options that Grand Metal League would have if he left because Grand Metal League was already a big deal in Mexico. He could go back to there and probably be pushed quite highly once he came back. He'd go to New Japan because he used to wrestle there for a little bit. Ring of Honor would probably take him on. I don't think he'd go to AEW, but I think there would be more, at least, of a window of opportunity there than... And Lince is probably, like, impact potentially Ring of Honor if he was to go. I would say that he would be looking more at the, I guess, lower level indies than compared to a, a Grand League who already had a strong reputation coming into WWE and would be able to carry that forward in other promotions. So that's why I feel like it's probably, we're, we're hearing more about the, the Grand League release. It seems like he has more of an immediate avenue into a good promotion and a good position, whereas Lindsay would have to yeah. Work his way back up. I mean, even in the Cruiserweight Classic, and this is years ago, when, you know, when we were leading into, hey, we're going to have a whole brand and it's going to be 205 Live and it's going to be live and 205 <laughs> and not just, you know, the way that it is now. But even then, they made a it's, much it's bigger deal. Yeah. They made a much, yeah, much bigger deal about Grand Metal League. He was in the finals, whereas Lince Dorado was just another one of those guys like Mustafa Ali and uh, Anthony Bennett and so on and so forth. Like, Dorado might have gotten eliminated in the first round. I don't remember 100% for sure, but Metalik almost won the damn thing. And yeah. even this year, this calendar year, Grand Metalik picked up a victory over the Miz right before he became WWE champion. He wrestled for the Cruiserweight Championship on NXT at New Year's Evil. So, like, even the company knows, hey, this is a guy we can do something with if we need to. Yeah, I, I imagine that upon his release if he does get it uh, granted to him and i don't see why not because they're in the they're in the business of cutting people that either don't want to be there or where they can just make savings here and there so i don't see why he wouldn't be released if he has actually requested yeah. it it's got and, end up uh, coming. 
yeah, Lindsay will end up resting on main event and chasing the 24-7 championship. Oh, they already do that, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah but that would just be... I don't see that role changing beyond this point. It's just uh, he's there to get as much as he possibly can until, sadly, again... I don't hope this for him, but it's just a case of what what in the realist in me says, like, until his number's called, he's out of there as well. The one saving grace for Lindsay Dorado, if he does stick around, and if, obviously, I'm sure Lindsay Dorado wants to get pushed more than he is, the one saving grace for him is if this happens now and it happens as quick as it possibly can, the draft is coming up. So there might be some bit of a, like an opportunity where if they say to Metalik, you know, they meet with him this week or something and they're like, all right, yeah, you know what? You want your release. There you go. You're gone. And then once they start looking at the people, which I, they should have been doing this for weeks. Hell, if I have as many lists up about this draft already and this many notes and everything, they should certainly have the, up these lists. Or if not, hey, WWE, I'm volunteering you. Look at my fucking lists. You know what I mean? Just copy my shit. But uh, maybe they would look at Dorado then and be like, all right, well, what can we do with this guy? You know, maybe, oh, shit, maybe even put him in, back in NXT. Make him a bigger deal there or something. I don't know. Point being, though, Grand Metal League requested his release. That's the bigger story here. That's the actual story other than speculation. So I am full-blown expecting him to be released. I don't see any reason why WWE would keep him because, like Callum said, they're in a cost-cutting kind of scenario where they're looking to slash everything. They're practically saying, we can only afford H1O in our uh, water coolers. <laughs> it's a fucking terrible joke. <laughs> That's a really bad one. That might be the worst joke I've ever said. But um yeah, so probably met the leak gonna be on that future endeavors list soon and for his own accord. We'll see. We got a couple more hot tags here. Let's go to Ah, let's go to this one. This one's fun. WWE and MGM are teaming up and they are gonna bring back American Gladiators. <laughs> This show is equal parts cringe and fucking awesome. <laughs> I think that this will be in some way tied to the New Day. There is something new day. That, that says these three will host it or they will be the first guest superstar uh, gladiators. But they had started speaking about American gladiators on their podcast when they were doing the toy tournament. And they just started going off. So I'm like, they should bring this back. It was a lot of fun when we were kids watching the show. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said, hey, is that possible? And then the right person was like, let me look into it. You never know how these things kind of come to be. How much of the show have either of you guys seen? Because there's been like five incarnations of it. Well, wait a minute. Well, Callum's not an American. Now, they had a Gladiators over there. Have you seen your version of American Gladiators? You mean Gladiators? UK Gladiators. No, it's just, <laughs> called, it no, it's just called Gladiators. It, it's, it's, it's just called Gladiators. It's, it's a British concept. First. Yeah, it's a British concept. First. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> It'd be great if it's like the United Kingdom presents American Gladiators. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did watch. Um, yeah, I did watch a lot of Gladiators uh, growing up as a kid. Um, I'm trying to remember, like in the British side of things, I think it was hosted with people like guys that you wouldn't know, um, like yeah, 
there's uh Ulrika Johnson and Ian Wright, I think, who are hosting at some point. Just like some some people that are basically famous in the world of British sport to a degree. But yeah, it was super fun. I mean, um the British side of things has some wrestling connection. The fact that um Nick Aldis, yeah. Nick Aldis was a um was a gladiator at one point. So um That's rad. Yeah, he was a uh, What's his name, he, Rad? <laughs> I think his name been. was I think he, I think his name was Oblivion. Hmm. So uh yeah, and then and then he joined uh, TNA and they gave him the Brutus uh, Magnus name. Essentially, like he went straight from being like on the British gladiators into TNA completely green. So, and remember, uh, when he went into TNA, TNA had a weirdly uh, great following in the UK where it was like the UK was really into it and they tried to capitalize on that with him. But yeah, I remember that story. I remember when they redid it with uh, Layla Ali and Hulk Hogan. Um, obviously, Mike Adamley hosted the first one. Uh, I'm excited about this. This is the kind of cringe that I can get behind. You know, like, I'll sit here and watch this cringy shit, yeah. But I never found, like, Gladiators to be particularly like, cringy. It, it, I, thought it was, I thought it was, like, tons of fun. I'm sure you stuff. guys did it much better than we did. <laughs> Gladiators is the type of show that... So that came out in 1989, it looks like, maybe? So yeah, it was it was very it was, it was late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, definitely those So I'm a little kid watching this, and you got the bright, colorful stuff going on. It's like an athletic competition. It's kind of a cross between pro wrestling and like Double Dare from Nickelodeon and Guts and whatnot. So I was all about this shit. I thought that the um, uh, the joust was like the coolest thing. Except for the, it might have been the Eliminator is the name of it. The one where they had the guns and they were like, they could shoot at the gladiator who was like shooting down at you. That one was the best. They never fucking did that one though. So it was always like, all right, well, at least you're doing a joust. But they had some cool shit going on. And of course, you got these over the top kind of characters. It's looking at the names right now of some of the gladiators and it's like, <laughs> So there's Malibu, Lace, Zap, Gemini, Gemini, I remember, uh, Nitro, Sunny, Blaze, Bronco, Laser, Jade, Gold, Titan. But I love the 80s. Like, like it, I, it's like, it's very just, you know what you're getting here. And did we do a thing, uh, a fan tracks or no, we didn't do a fan tracks for it, but might have done something where we were talking about WMAC Masters. I don't think I remember that. That's something we need to go down that rabbit hole at some point. Uh, that was a show that was like very inspired by, hey, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are big right now. Let's try to do a show on like the WB or whatever, where it's like a fake Street Fighter Mortal Kombat sort of tournament. And this kind of stuff is all cringy and it's all terrible, but it's all fantastic. So when they redid this in 2008, with this, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali were the hosts, and they had the guy that played Superman in this one trailer thing was, uh, what's his name on here? Michael Hearn, it seems. Uh, I would say he was Titan, so they brought back the Titan name. I guess it's just too good to not bring that up. But Wait, was, was WMAC Masters the thing that they were going, like WWF wanted to turn into the World Karate Federation? 
Uh, I don't know. And I, I know, I know Vince has always wanted to do the, the uh, world bodybuilding stuff and things like that. He did that when uh, he brought in Lex Luger. That was kind of right. when, it, when his original idea with Lex Luger was he would be the front man for this bodybuilding foundation uh, federation rather than a wrestler. And I think somebody pitched, hey, you see this thing? We should do the World Karate Federation. Yeah. It might have had well, some yeah. kind of ties or something. I, I just know it as being like Saturday mornings or whatever. It was like WMAC Masters. There's this awful show where people were like, you know, uh, like Red Dragon is this guy's name. And he's going to pretend to be training with another guy. And they're going to fight in the the cage thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at somebody who is clearly trying to be like Jean-Claude Van Damme and He's got his tiger claw, Tony. Yeah, tiger uh, claw. Tiger that's claw. a name. All right, so we got tiger claw, red dragon. So red machine. dragon was a name, okay. Yeah. The machine. Great wolf, <laughs> Olympus, and superstar. And superstar looks like he could not cut it in the WWF, and was just like, I'll do this. It's all like that kind of vibe. I, at some point, we're gonna have to do a fan tracks watching this kind of show because it's really friggin' bad. It's it's the type of thing that American Gladiators looks like it's a, an extra level above WMAC Masters, but Gladiators in itself, there is that pro wrestling connection for things. I mean, there are people that tried to be pro wrestlers that go into that. There are like you know mentioned the whole Magnus thing. I think Wolf. On the reboot that they yeah. had done, I think he used to be like an indie wrestler or something, if I remember correctly. Wolf was the, Wolf was the ultimate heel on Gladiators. He was uh, the one that everyone loved to hate. Is that from the old school one you're talking about, or the, the newer one? I don't um, remember his personality he was, much. He was on the uh, he was on the uh, British version. Okay, and so I'm, actually, I'm thinking it, of the. He was actually so popular on the British version, they took him over to the American one as well. Oh, so, there you go. Don so, uh, Hollywood Yates. Is his name? Yeah, he might have, he might have been an indie worker at some point. He might have been on the uh, like British independence stuff like that. But I don't think he was any more famous than he was when he was on the um, the British Gladiators. And uh, Matt Morgan was an uh, American Gladiator. Beast. What a surprise! What a surprise man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like come on. So the question on top of you know like how soon can we watch this? Because this is pretty great. Mm. A question I want to bring up, who on the WWE or AEW roster right now do you think could make a fantastic American Gladiator? Brian um, Cage. Yeah, Brian Cage. Stings out. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm just looking at the AEW one so far. Uh, Jade Cargill. Yeah. Oh, Jade, Jade Cargill would be a fantastic one. Wow, that's yeah. a great pick, yeah. Um, on the WWE side of things, I'm thinking Big E. E. Uh, Lashley, obviously. <coughs> Lesnar would be like the king of the gladiators. I don't think he, I, mean, I don't think he'd be super up for doing that. He's the uh, the ringer that they make sure that nobody wins the competition. <laughs> like Lesnar just destroys him. Yeah. Um, Ivy Nile looks like she would fit yes. into that. She could probably be really good at that. Yeah, Zoe Stark. Zoe Lee. Yeah, Zoe Stark, Zoe Lee. I think fit into that. Um, Rick Moss. Yeah, definitely Rick Moss. Uh. I guess uh, I guess it would have passed, but um, obviously not in WWE or AEW. But uh, EC3 would probably fit into that. Strowman would have fit into that. Mojo would have fit into that. Oh, Mojo! They yeah. should go for Mojo. Like they should 100% cast him. He would be fantastic for the show. The okay, energy that that dude's just call him hype. 
Yeah, two. that's it. That was thinking that his name is going to be hyped. That's the one. They, oh my god, guys, fucking put it out there in the universe. It needs to happen. Mace yeah. would be a really good one, I think. Oh, Mace, yeah. oh, oh yeah, and you could just call him Mace and T Bar and Slapjack. Just get all those in. Like that's that's like, that's when you need the people that that made the names for the uh, retribution people. Uh, I'm trying to think. Von Wagner looks like he came across came off one of those shows. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I'd call those ones because you'd essentially like Cage, you'd call Machine. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Hobbs, you'd call. Powerhouse. You could call him Powerhouse. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a mouthful, but you could call him that. Even even that would just power. And then Jade Cargill would call Bitch. She's that bitch. She's, She's that, that bitch. bitch. <laughs> I'm tweeting it right now. Can Mojo, I'm tagging him in it. Can he be cast in the new American <laughs> Gladiators and called Hype, please? Because that needs to be. That's absolutely perfect. I, I would agree with that. That does need to happen. Um, Obviously, like Bobby Lashley, like anybody huge could be that. But also, yeah, that should like, be almighty. Yeah, and like sometimes it seems a little bit weird to to suggest some people that would be like, all right, well, obviously, you know, Seamus would be a great American oh. Gladiator. But you know, I could see Elias being a really good one. Well, he's got, he's got a great oh. look, and that's kind of all you need to be mm-hmm. a Gladiator. You don't need to be. It's not like you need wrestling ability to be a gladiator. You just need you just need athleticism and a good charisma. Look. Yeah, and, and charisma as well. And he's got that. So um, minimal oh, charisma is needed, even too, because they don't really cut promos or anything. They just have to be like you know, like I'm fucking uh, pendulum, and I'm gonna swing the competition left and right or something. <laughs> well, that's, that's the other thing as well. Because I just mentioned swing. I just oh. thought uh, Cesaro would be fucking awesome as well. Oh, oh my man. god, Cesaro is Taylor made for gladiators. Um, Jinder Mahal Swiss. could be good. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Drew McIntyre. Like, in New Share, like some of those guys, you know. I don't uh, think they have the look. But the one chiseled. that does. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Like, you need to be chiseled to be a gladiator. The look is far more important. And maybe that's why it, it suits more WWE than AEW, because, like, the look is the most important thing for the gladiators. Uh, that Trick Williams that popped up with Carmelo Hayes. He might be a good gladiator, like a good... Oh, Braun Brecker as well, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. He's an ace to win these competitions. Call him Rex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be, uh, W-R-E-K-C. <laughs> um, I could see them doing, like, some kind of guest spot thing. Like... How fun would it be? This is how they should do this. Like, steal this ideas from us. Just come on, but pay us too. Um, if they want the crossover audience, have a WWE superstar on each episode as like the guest gladiator, and ideally give them some kind of a nickname that would go with it. You know, like Bobby Lashley goes on there, call him Almighty, etc. Put like Eric from the Viking Raiders on there. Let him go full bone fucking Viking and make him, you know, okay, he's for this episode, he's going to be called Viking and he's there and he's got the fucking hat on and whatever and let him beat the shit out of somebody on the joust or whatever it might be. Like, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably watch probably... the shit out of it anyway, but like. Probably, yeah, yeah, but no, still. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great concept of a show it just needs to it just it, it it's never something that lasts for more than like a few years but like the few years uh, that you can do it as long as it's like it's presented well will be it'll be a lot of fun to watch 
eventually Lacey Evans would be a great one, I think. But like Shayna, Shayna could like uh, tear Shana through the competition. Be there now, like Shayna should be there now. Uh, the I'd the pity other... whoever's going up against Rhea Ripley in anything. Oh my god, yeah. nightmare. Would... Yeah, Dana oh, Brooke. Good, yeah. Oh my god, Dana Brooke. Perfect. Taylor yeah. made for this. Yeah, Charlotte Flair would obviously be like there's like one of that one called Queen or something. Casey would be good. She's scrappy, but she's got like the, you know, she got the presence and the backup from it. Oh, Bianca, Tinde. obviously. Bianca as well. Uh, Baba, Bianca, absolutely. Baba Tinde is big. Not Get as many people it. are going to be as big. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You know what's going to fucking happen? I'm going to end up writing up an article about this. It's just going to be like the top 10 yeah, people who need to are. be on there. Because yeah. why we, not? We, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to look at like I don't know what the uh, lot the last lineup for the American Gladiators was. How many there were? You just need to draw that up from like a list of AEW men's and women's talents because I assume they they usually have like uh, I think it was about eight men, eight women, or ten each. So yeah, you've got plenty to work with there. You just pick them out. Looks like there was so we got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten men, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten women. All yeah, right. they, they always even day out, yeah. So, I don't know, future article coming up, if, like, Raquel. you know. Raquel yeah, Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. Frankie Monet, for that matter, you know, I mean, there's there's so many, God, this could be an article for sure, so stay tuned for that, because that's happening. <laughs> it's There's no way I'm not writing this article at this point, but uh, I'm excited for that. We'll see how that ends up uh, playing out whenever they announce some more information about that and almost guaranteed we're going to end up doing some kind of like live watch along fan tracks of that or something I don't know another hot tag we got going on here though AEW is going to introduce a secondary women's championship report Leah reported thank you this is reported from uh, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast great guy great source great scoops uh, it's called the rumored to be called the tbs championship and it's like yup makes all the sense in the world and then here's what you do dynamite starting january 5th is going to be every wednesday on tbs and you do the women's tbs title matches on there you do the men's tnt title matches on rampage which is staying on tnt bada bing bada boom you know like that's it doesn't it make for a really uh, snazzy looking championship, the TBS logo? <laughs> but I mean, the TNT one doesn't really yeah, either. Still very well, funny. That's still their slogan. Very funny. Is that for TBS? Is that their slogan? I don't know. It was like ten years ago. I watched huh. TBS in years. It, it it is. It does kind of like um, pigeonhole you a little bit to those two different channels. And the TNT one, obviously, I think as we mentioned before, you can get away with because of that the TV show's called Dynamite. Right. TNT thing fits. But TBS really is like saying, okay, we're doing this for the T- TBS. But I guess they could always just change the name of it if when, if they move to a another network at some point. I don't like the idea of it being called the TBS Championship. But I don't honestly know what other ideas I would think of. Because if the goal is to make it the same as the TNT yeah. Championship, which is... Look, you might not necessarily be booked as definitively the mid-card title, but it's the mid-card title. It's something where that's not the headline match on the biggest pay-per-view of the year is going to be that kind of a deal. 
Miro is fighting Fuego, Miro is fighting Eddie Kingston, and so on and so forth. And they are upper mid-card range type people, mid-card range people. We fought some main event people. It's There's more flexibility as opposed to something like the AEW World Championship, which that's definitively the top title. And then when it comes to the women's division, the AEW Women's World Championship will definitively be their top world title. This will be secondary. That's the whole, it's going to be mid-card no matter what. But you can't call it the mid-card championship because then that exposes everything. And if you just call it like the AEW, I don't know, number two title or whatever, then that really just makes them seem like shitty if they're winning that. So mid-card titles are hard to name. Unless you go with a gimmick, you're sort of pigeonholing yourself in some way. If you call it a, you know, the NXT has the North American Championship. Well, it doesn't, how the fuck is it the North American Championship? Anybody can win that championship. It's not just North Americans. They can win it at anywhere, so they don't just defend it in North America. The location-based stuff makes no sense. If they stick with the TBS thing, there's worse options, you know? I frankly think that it's a little surprising that they would go with a secondary singles title. I would have thought that they would have gone with the tag team titles first for the women. Oh, no, no, be different. Like four promotions right now have women's tag team titles and they're all floundering. Be different. I like this. And by the way, if you call it the TBS championship and you do TBS and TNT, the more synergy you create with your business partner, the less they are likely to look for other options and the more they're likely to give you more money True. and the more it's like, hey, okay, cool, we're not going anywhere. Well, that, that's a two-way street. It also means the more that you connect yourself to a particular brand, the less like the more likely they're going to feel, okay, well, you've named your titles after us, so you really can't move anywhere else, so... I guess we'll pay you this much and you're going to accept it because that's what you called your titles. Well, no, anybody who would think that just doesn't know wrestling because they'll go, okay, and now it's called the, you know, global <laughs> championship. Suck it. Like, oh, God, that's impact. How many things did that? That was the Legends five. Championship? Legends, yeah, global when, television. Yeah. Uh, uh, King of the Mountain, Mountain Championship, yeah. And at least well, maybe one more. But yeah, that was a lot. That's stupid yeah. as all hell. But uh, I hated yeah, that. I, I imagine that wouldn't be the that wouldn't be the case with this one. I I think that well, there, there seems to be a, a strong working relationship between uh, these uh the the network and AEW at this point, and they're delivering stuff for them. So I don't see this this changing for the foreseeable future. But I think it's good to have a secondary women's championship. I feel like they they don't really have a large volume of women's tag teams at the moment, so. Instead, it's good to give someone else a platform to just hold this title belt and do with that what like Cody and Darby Allen and Miro are doing with the other title, which is it gives more credence to build more feuds around for the uh, women's side of things, which is something that AEW needs to still continually be working on. And yeah, if you give people more reason to fight and have feuds over things, then that's that can only serve to benefit them as long as it's featured prominently enough. So obviously this is not how this is happening, but just tossing out a theoretical next episode of TV. They just go, we're crowning a champion. Who would you guys want to be champion? I would say that the first one that you want to do is Thunder Rosa. 
because just because in the same vein as when Cody won the TNT Championship, it's essentially she, it, she's kind of like the number two star behind Britt Baker. So you start off hot and then you build them up to that level. You build someone else to beat Thunder Rosa. And in the same time, Britt Baker will be feuding with other people in the meantime when you start building up towards that match. Big swole. And you, she's been there day one. It's You're serving a lot of different parties here where you've got people who are calling for more women's action, calling specifically for more diversity. Big Swole's the only person who's beaten Britt Baker. Like, there's a lot there. I think Big Soul should be the champion. See, my gut reaction was Nyla Rose. Because she... See, like, I can't see her now. winning that championship anytime soon. If she wins this one, at least she's... Hey, she was the former champion, that kind of deal. Same thing with Sheeta. Can't go wrong with necessarily Sheeta, but she did have a big, long title reign, so... Do you really want to go there instead of somebody like a Thunder Rosa? If they were to going to go with somebody a little bit not necessarily established as top of the top kind of deal, like a Thunder Rosa. Oh, Layla Hirsch, then. I wouldn't mind uh, maybe somebody like, you know, hey, this is like we're doing a tournament and we're going to build like a. Not necessarily underdog, but kind of like we're going to make somebody with this kind of thing. Wouldn't mind them going with like Taekwon Chi, to be honest. I thought about Tyke Nancy. Yeah, Ty would be a good fit. Yeah. I, I like the little hair show, yeah. That would yeah. be really good. So that's a different kind of pace for the championship. There's also Jade, right? Like, you want to give her, separator and... her first championship, give her this. It sets a pace that she doesn't have to live up to anybody else because it's her own belt. I think because the fact that Britt Baker is the, women, the, the main women's champion and likelihood is that she's probably going to hold it for quite a while. I'd say you start this one off with a baby face. Yeah, I like that idea. Just because that, that gives that gives someone for the heels to feud with over that title, and then the baby face can be feuding over the main women's championship. Yeah, so when you get like an A player like uh, Penelope Ford, <laughs> that she can fight for the TBS title or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, there's options. We'll see. They haven't fully announced it yet. They're still in that running where it's like, when are those trios titles coming? Because they've been talking about them for a long time. Well, and- uh, Young Bucks uh, changed their, uh, as, the, as they are prone to do, they changed their Twitter bios to uh, basically say, give us the trios championships with uh, essentially those two and Adam Cole as the uh, the uh, super click. I feel I like- want them to win that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to compete for it definitely. I mean, they they would be ideal first champions. They they do need to do a trio championship. It's just their promotion is so lit, geared towards a trio championship that, and it's not a case like they should just be making titles for the second main titles. They just have so they're just so primed and ready to have those belts that it makes no sense to not have them at this point. They should be doing a tournament soon. Imagine how much TV time and how much mileage they could get out of an, an 18 tournament for this, for those titles. And they've got more than enough trios that they can get away with doing this and not feel like they're just taking just half of the tag team division together, out yeah. of the mix. Yeah. You're just throwing random people together for the sake of it, like um, Ring of Honor did when they crowned their first six uh, man tag champions. 
Or like what WWE does when they try to just make six-man tag team matches out of nowhere. And it's just, okay, well, these guys are feuding and they're baby faces and these guys are heels and whatever. And they just fight them, you know. You actually can get quite a bit of mileage out of trios for uh, for AEW. So I had thought that maybe that was going to be the mix for full gear. They don't seem to be necessarily building towards that. And we're not too far away from full gear. So I don't think that's happening. But maybe Revolution. I don't know. Or maybe they introduced the women's title first. Somewhere down the line, I think we're getting both. And when that happens, we'll Absolutely. report it. I just think that you need to slowly build, because this promotion is going warp speed right now, and they need to like catch up to themselves before throwing in new championship belts into the mix. Uh, yeah, I feel like you can space them out a little bit, because then you have more exciting things to build up to, rather than just throwing everything out in one, one fell swoop. I mean, the fact that they do four pay-per-views a year that are big like that means you can technically do one on one pay-per-view, one on another one, but they do enough special episodes of TV, and look, if you want to crown the TBS champion, I think it makes more sense to crown it on TBS, so maybe even do that at, like, Winter is Coming or so, and then maybe maybe do... Yeah, maybe the first episode. Maybe you do a whole tournament build out, and then the first episode on TBS is to crown... Like, you main event it with crowning your first TBS champion. That'd be pretty cool. And then you do the uh, trios titles at, like, Revolution or Double or Nothing or something. Or whatever. I don't, I don't know. What I just love like tournaments. I, lo- I love the fact that they do tournaments. It's such an easy, stuff. simple thing, isn't it? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just a load of people. You put in matches that have immediate stakes attached to them. And then it's just like, yeah, I'm actually invested in watching this because these matches matter. Yeah. And then you start getting more invested in the individual people because then you immediately, everybody does it. And it's not just like, oh, you know, you got fooled. No, this is how this is built. This is supposed to work like this. When you see a tournament of anything, you start immediately going, I want this to win. I want that to win. I want this to win. And you get invested in it. Uh, we did a whole thing, uh, random bonus features that were on the Fanboys Anonymous stuff where I was explaining to Rob about this tournament that a friend of mine's got going on with um, Facebook, where he's just created a tournament of old Nickelodeon shows. And it's like the debates right now that are going on about uh, Guts against um, Rocco, I think is what it, no, it was Doug and Rocco are up against each other right now. And people are like, you know, oh, we're, we're ending some friendships over this and stuff. And it's like, it really doesn't matter, obviously. But you get into that. And, you know, when you put a tournament out there, Suddenly, a match between Anna Jay and Abaddon, if it was just a regular match on Dark, eh, who really fucking cares? But if it's the first round match of that, I'll tell you who I'm going to root for. And then suddenly I have already made a decision that I like that person more. And then now I might want them to win the tournament because now I realize that I like them better than that kind of thing. And it's just simple and easy. And... We're going to see how WWE messes up the King of the Ring tournament. (laughs) They still haven't announced it yet. I guess they're waiting until after Extreme Rules just to be like full-blown. Okay, now Extreme Rules is out of the way. You watched whatever we put on with that. Now let's get into Crown Jewel. By the way, one of the things with Crown Jewel is going to be this. But we know they're going to do a countdown for King of the Ring. They're going to air it on Fox. And it's basically seemingly like it's, uh, here. here's the history of the King of the Ring tournament. You guys are doing that pretty soon. Here's the special. Watch it. I might watch it. I don't know. It'll be on the hot tags if that's the case. I think that 
Uh, they will probably announce King of the Ring during Extreme Rules. Maybe so. They've already announced Crown Jewel, so they'll probably be like, and here's what you have to look forward to. Some kind of so, video package that'll take up a couple minutes as well. And it'll just yep. be like, you know, over the years, there have been many people who have been crowned King of the Ring. And it shows and like, they'll uh, be like, for the first time ever, alongside King of the Ring, we're doing the Queen's Crown Tournament. Yep. So, who will win the crowns this year? Find out. And the tournament culminates at a crown jewel pay-per-view over on October 21st. Appropriately enough, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yay. Why aren't you clapping? (laughs) (laughs) They still haven't said where in Saudi Arabia that's taking place, have they? Riyadh, wouldn't it? Well, they've done it in Riyadh, but they've done it in multiple things. They've done it in Riyadh, they've done it in Jeddah. And there's been um, King Fahd International Stadium, I think is the name of one of them. And then there was like King King Saud something or other. So it's like there are multiple venues. I don't know if they would sell out another one of the big... I don't know how COVID is over there. Shit, I don't know how fucking COVID is uh, down my street, every way that the things are. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Even Marie, you think she'd be a good uh, American Gladiator? <laughs> I think Spot she my got mind. a lot. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she's got. She, yeah, she's got the look. That's all the shit they really need. That sort she's of thing. She's got the look. Let's move over to TV talk. We talked about Raw mostly because we had done our predictions for Extreme Rules, so nothing really to talk about there that we had not already get into. NXT is there not? Is there not? Isn't there? Didn't we already talk about? I want to talk a little bit about this this fucking Big E situation. Okay. So they crowned Big E last week in the shittiest way possible to become the WWE champion by having him cash in on an injured heel. Like, essentially, he won as a heel would win. And then first night as WWE champion, they haven't lose twice in one night. You know why I love Callum? Because he he's a man with a brain. <laughs> he has his brain and like, Tony, See, was, I, I not, was I not saying this last week when they gave him the belt? I'm I, I'm not one of those people, and there are loads of people out there, and there are people that use platforms like this as well to say that sort of thing. But I'm not one of those people that's just going to give WWE their flowers, like, oh, it's such a great thing that Big E's WWE champion. I love Big, Big E. I think everyone on this panel loves Big E and think that he's yep. thinks that he's great. I think it's that he should have been WWE champion a while ago, and it's great that he's WWE champion now. But I just don't feel like I'm not going to give the company a pass to the fact that they have really shitty booking and they booked him really shittily this week. That's all the more reason why he should have had a match announced, uh, a match announced, I should say, for Extreme Rules, so that he could beat Bobby Lashley definitively and prove that he deserves to be champion. Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be like he should have, and I know people might get up in arms about this again about it, like because of Roman Reigns stuff like that. He should have won the match, won the six man tag team match by pinning one of the Usos, and then he should have won the main event by pinning Roman Reigns. Because that's how you actually build a star. You have them beat stars. Ideally, that's what, how that would have worked out so that when they get to Survivor Series, he could have been like, remember a couple weeks back when yeah. I pinned you on Raw? I'm going to beat you at Survivor Series, buddy. And then it would have been, you know, obviously Roman Reigns wins that it, match. Does it, yeah, does it in the long term really hurt Roman Reigns if he was to take a pinfall? We're talking about a company that uh, that their idea of how they would build up Rhea Ripley as the future was she'll tap out to – she'll challenge Charlotte Flair – and goad her into a match so that she could tap out and then afterward ball her eyes out about how disappointed she was. But nah, wait a year and she can lose again. 
Yeah, I know. I, I I know. Realistically, I'm not saying that to a company that is actually going to do any of this stuff. But I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just putting it out loud in just a case of like what you should be doing if you actually had any inclination about trying to do something with this guy. And it's just a confirmation to me, and I think it should be confirmation to most people, is the fact that Big E's title reign is not actually going to mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And again, yeah. I'm going to just say it. I love Callum for this because I said this when they gave him the belt. I said, everybody is doing the thing that they want them to do mm. where they skip over all the logic because it doesn't matter anymore, right? Because, like, we've seen this. We've had discussions in our own subgroups about this where it's like, oh, I don't care. Just book Naomi in the title match. There doesn't need to be a tournament or a reason for it because just book her because she's Naomi and it'll be great. That's what they did with Biggie. Most people bought the actual, you know, they bought it. And I didn't, Callum didn't, Tony didn't, because we've seen how this company operates. But for most people, that was good enough. However, now you look at the reality of Biggie is champion on the subpar show of Raw and has lost twice to Roman, establishing that Roman is the only guy that matters. The end. Essentially, if you want to present this guy as a star, you wouldn't have first made his leading leading feud to this cash-in be a match with Baron Corbin on the SummerSlam kickoff show. You wouldn't have nothing against Baron Corbin, but he's on the kickoff show. It's like he's gone from kickoff show, and by the time his next pay-per-views roll around, he's WWE champion. It's like, okay, maybe you could have given him like an actual feud at SummerSlam and presented him like a top star, having beat a top guy. Secondly, you would have said, like, once you've announced he's going to cash in, he would just, you know, cash in and say to Bobby Lashley, I'm challenging you for the WWE Championship. I don't care if you've got the match with Randy Orton. Or go even super babyface and say, oh, you've already got this match with Randy Orton. Well, I'm going to insert myself and I'm going to beat both of you and become WWE Champion. Because that's what a babyface would do. And then once he is crowned WWE Champion, you'd have him beat, um, like, oh, I'd invite Roman Reigns over. Have him win at least one of those two matches. Just... Just simple things. It's like I'm saying all these things, and it seems like that sort of logic would blow people's minds backstage in WWE, where it's just like the simplest things that you would do when you're actually trying to make somebody, like, a big deal. Both times, by the way, he didn't have to pin Roman. He could have won the fucking match without having to ever pin Roman Reigns. He's pinned the Usos a, a hundreds of times throughout his career and he could have pinned Lashley like that's it that's all you needed that's yeah that's something something I wanted to to bring up because just I just found that even though the episode of Raw was good by Raw standards there's some real just overall stupidity going on and that I don't want to be overlooked by the fact that like yeah we got a really like you got a great match in the opener and it got a great match in the main event and so like, oh, happy days. No, they're still as illogical as ever. And they're the short-term actually, as ever. There are two other things I wanted to talk about about Raw, now that I oh, yeah, cool. had a chance to look about that. One being, Shayna Baszler beats Nia Jax, and then the shit out of her. beats her up post-match, and they are doing an injury angle for her. And, yep. uh, I don't know exactly why this is the case. I haven't seen anything that's reported that she's, like, She's injured and she's banged up. She needs to get some kind of surgery. So we're writing her off like that. I'm kind of assuming it's a matter of just that'll give Shayna a little bit of heat. 
and Jax is going to take some time off, so let's just write her off in that fashion, and wouldn't this be interesting kind of a deal? Um, it is kind of interesting. I didn't think that they'd do that. It feels like they woke up and were like, oh shit, we got Shayna Baszler on our roster. Let's actually book her like Shayna Baszler, and credit to Nia, who sold her ass off for that spot, and like, Shayna looks like a monster. Does it make me forget the last two years of television? No! But at least Shayna Baszler looks like a monster right now. Question. Yeah, but- Which uh, did Nia Jax uh, sell her ass off more for? That or my whole... A whole. <laughs> nah, that, well, this was this was more effective. Let's put it that way. I mean, that, the other one was named more. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was a good move to obviously. I'm going to say that because Shayna Baszler, if your booker correctly, is just an excellent uh, tool to have in your arsenal. Uh, and if Nia Jax is going to go away for a little while then it just makes sense to have Shayna Baszler beat her up and build up some momentum for her in that sense I don't know if Nia Jax is injured or whether she's maybe just going to that uh, big person school that they have at the performance center so she can work like a like a big man like uh, Keith Lee or whatever but uh but yeah I think that it, it's a good move it was like it, they could actually maybe do something with Shayna now they won't but they could so that was one story. The other one that I wanted to talk about from Raw, and this isn't something that you get super deep into, but Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo finally are a tag team. <laughs> Took them long enough, right? Yeah, and it actually looks like Garza is injecting personality into Carrillo at this point because he he suits being a heel more because that essentially being a heel means that you kind of just have to have a character. And so that's working a lot better for the both of them. They got a win on their first night, and I imagine that they'll probably win for a couple of weeks or go back and forth with um, Mustafa Ali and um, Mansoor for a little while. Maybe maybe they'll lose next week. Who knows? It's like a, it's like the the, the ever revolving world of like, and it would make sense to keep building up this top team, but we like the fifty fifty thing. But I imagine they'll probably challenge RK Bro at some point and lose. But yeah. It's good to, it's, at least it's good for them to be on TV after being in the wilderness for so long. Build them up in the meantime. You got a, at least one match out of it for the tag team titles. I'm cool with that. It's about damn time. And they look they, they look good together. They seem like they fit together because they're actually family. They're cousins. They're related. It works. This works. Do more things that work. We're, we're like three for three. They gave us a, a decent matches. They gave us Shayna Baszler, and they gave us a, a legitimately great tag team concept. And they literally said, oh, well, hey, it's because we're cousins and we're better together than we are apart. Wow. Logic. Go yeah. with that. It's almost like people have been saying that for like three years. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, how come these two aren't a tag team? And it's like, no, they need to feud a thousand times on main event. And it wasn't even then, it was Andrade with with uh, Carrillo every week, with Garza playing backup. They're finally getting around to it, though. This is the, the best course of action. No tag team name right now, though. So drop a comment below. Tell us what you think their tag team name might be. I'm sure that they aren't going to necessarily go with it, but you know, at least we can think, uh, think of some ideas. Let's go to NXT. TV show starts off with Tommaso Ciampa in the ring. He's got a bunch of the new guys. 
you know, the Braun Breakers and the uh, Carmelo Hayes and such. And he's basically, you know, hey, I'm the new champion now. We are NXT. Look at these great new guys. It's cool. Bunch of other people from the roster come out. Bunch of hoopla. It leads to a tag team match later on we'll get into. But Roderick Strong beats Kushida to win the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Saw that coming from a mile away, didn't we? <laughs> Kushida held it long enough. It's fine. And yeah. he immediately afterward gets challenged to a match for next week by Grayson Waller, who later on in the episode is approached by Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And he's like, you know, well, you might not even be champion for more than a few minutes because I might challenge you right afterward. And immediately starts gawking at Toxic Attraction. But, you know, moving on already, Roderick Strong versus Grace or Grayson Waller, Kushida dropping that championship and whatever. It sucks for Kushida, but, yeah, we're taking some steps. I'm cool with this. Yeah, it was about time the Dynamite got a, a, a notable victory. And, yeah, Roderick Strong makes sense to be Cruiserweight Champion going forward. I don't think he'll he'll lose it on the next challenge by Grayson Waller. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good step in the right direction for them. I feel like they're, they're, there, is, there is scope to believe that both them and then the, the Creed brothers could potentially be holding tag team gold in the next couple of uh, weeks or months as well. I could definitely see that being the case. Uh, and I'm glad that Malcolm Bivens is managing a champion. Malcolm Bivens has been signed to this company for I don't know how long, and he's finally on TV with a legit gimmick, and he's finally managing a champion. Good for him. Good for Roderick. I don't know why they're trying to make the Cruiserweight title a thing, but Roderick's a good guy to try to make it happen. Has Bivens been on the bump yet? <laughs> you know, I don't know, but he really so. should be. Because as they established... Uh, in a post-match promo, beep, beep, he's got the keys to the Jeep, answering the 20-plus-year question from Missy Elliott. I thought that that was the funniest thing. Malcolm Bivens is legitimately one of the funniest characters this company has, and they need to use them right. We got some stuff with uh, Tony D'Angelo. Hey, motherfucker, I'm going to be in XT now. Son of a bitch. Where's the gabagoo? Where's yeah. The <laughs> The Gabagoo with <laughs> Tony D'Angelo. It's like, what are you doing? He's <laughs> like, I got two things that I uh, take pride in. It's uh, my family and my something else. I forget. Now it's fucking NXT, too. It's the three things, yo. <laughs> Gabagoo. <laughs> Uh, I, I was, if my dad was still around, I'm curious what if he would think that that guy's like fucking great, or if he'd be like, "Look at this fucking stunad." Like, just kind of, <laughs> kind of deal. I, I can tell you, if my dad was still around, it would definitely be the latter. So, <laughs> and like, yeah, look, we can make these jokes. We, it's very much how we grew up. It was very, <laughs> hey, you, you stupid, you, you got know? goots. <laughs> <laughs> We got some stuff with uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen explaining how they became a tag team. And they're like, this motherfucker fought me at a bar and I fought him back. And I said, motherfucker, you're going to end up being my tag team partner. Now we're brothers. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay. You got JB and BJ, which, yeah. Whatever, uh, it's a tag team. Look, <laughs> this makes a lot of sense to me. And you cannot tell me that Vince McMahon doesn't believe that two people can punch each other in the face <laughs> in a bar and walk away brothers. Yeah, that's true. He'd be like, it's better if it's in an airplane, though. <laughs> uh, we got the Zion Quinn thing, Kaylee Ray beats Samari Miller, Dante Chen, first look at him. 
yeah, it wasn't impressed. Yeah, very uh, 2010. Very, 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 very green. But then again, this is now a developmental show, so that's that's what it's what it's, what it's there for. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Trey Baxter wasn't expecting uh, this uh, turnaround when he uh, signed with the company a couple of months ago. You got kissed by Corey Jade on the show. Yeah, they're going to do some, they're, they're do some sort of angle where he's cucked by some wrestler <laughs> with Corey Jade. No, 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 no. You guys, you guys missed this, and I'm very concerned that they're actually going to do this, even though they're already doing it on Raw with Nikki. He said, "Oh, she sees me as a superhero." I'm like, "Oh God, no." Oh no! Don't do Trey Baxter the superhero because no, I don't got, need it. They've already got the superhero thing, but they don't have a cuck. And they usually, in the past couple of years, they've had a cuck on this on their <laughs> on their television. So this is the next cuck. They currently have three people doing a face mask gimmick. Well, true. if they start filing trademarks for something like a uh, cuck Williams or something, it's gonna be like, ah oh, man, I wonder who's gonna play this part. I think it's just a matter of they're a couple apparently, so they probably were like, I don't know, how about you do that? I don't think there's really going to be developing super crazy in anything, but I guess we'll see because maybe oh, yeah. I mean, do be this whole crazy was involved. Maybe, maybe he's going to be the, the one, he's the one that cucks. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> Corjade's going to go after super crazy and be like, look, Trey, you're not super crazy. You're not super anything. He's going to be, I'm almost super crazy. <laughs> and that's how they get it. Trey, almost Trey ASC, <laughs> almost super crazy. Fucking a- almost a superhero. It's such a stupid look. D- Nikki Cross, we're not criticizing you for this, and not even criticizing the idea you wanted to do a superhero thing. The name is dumb as shit. Everybody just needs to admit it. Almost a superhero, Nikki ASH. Uh, Andre Chase has Andre Chase University now, and Steve, fucking Steve, points out. Hey, didn't Odyssey Jones beat you in the tournament? So Steve's on that list of uh, extra characters for the year if anybody wants to vote for him next two months or so. One, wasn't Gulak doing this? Two, weren't they doing this with like, this feels very Dean Douglas to me. Weren't they just doing this with Timothy Thatcher to an extent too? He had the whole like, I'm teaching people. I meant Thatcher, but yeah, you're right. So they just were like, ah, well, Thatcher hasn't been around for a little while. Let's kind of tweak it. Let's do Dean Douglas as Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Douglas. Or Dean Thatcher. That's something. Mm. Now I actually know that Andre Chase is a heel. Didn't know that until last week. I guess so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something to do with these people. Speaking of doing something with somebody, Joe Gacy. Uh <laughs> Wait, what having wrestled in a fucking like sh- like dress shirt and slacks? Because I guess that like, makes him feel like he's in a safe space. This is a weird kind of road to go this down. Isn't how but... you get, this isn't how you get again. It, this isn't how you get people over. <laughs> Their Unless idea he's... behind this seems to be he's a heel because he brings up the type of babying that people are accustomed to these days. Which look. We've said on many different platforms the idea of like, hey, you know, sometimes people need to kind of suck it up and deal with some shit. At the same time, then it's like, hey, sometimes you can be a little bit more fucking tolerant. Like, it's that whole gray area type thing. He was coincidentally wearing a gray shirt, but it seems like they're going into the direction of fucking people these days need to just suck it up and, you know, uh, 
you know, hitch up their pants and deal with it kind of deal so that he's a heel for being like that. And he loses to Kamen Grimes and he shakes his hand afterward, which some people are probably like, and doesn't that make you hate him more? He didn't get all pissed off that he lost to that guy. Like, it's that kind of, I don't know, I guess toxic masculinity kind of idea is where you're going with. But this isn't great. Like, uh, it's so not great that they removed it from all highlights. Like, if you want to see this done better, watch what's his face on the AEW show instead of cutting the promos. That's the guy that's going to get the heel heat, and he does. This is their half assed roundabout way of doing something like that. And I can't imagine anybody getting super into this, like. I'm invested in the Joe Gacy once a safe space for NXT kind of character. Yeah, it probably won't, it probably won't uh, pan out and he probably won't be a big deal. So that's, I think, that's just fun. I think they're already going to drop it, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't see it again. Yeah. And maybe that's going to be their philosophy a little bit going forward. Maybe they're going to be trying to do a little bit of test it out next week. We could just repackage them kind of thing. Cause it's a developmental show. I don't know. I'm apparently very hungry. Wow. You guys hear that? <laughs> I did. Your <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm very hungry. That was loud as shit. <laughs> well, we should suck it up, Tony. Yeah. I should just, you know, uh, put on my gray gray shirt and, uh, you know, eat something. I guess. <laughs> Men don't get hungry, Tony. They put food on the table. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm also curious. Drop a comment below. What should I eat? It's going to be well past the time that I will have eaten, but I'm curious what I should have eaten, according to you guys. Von Wagner. What's that? Parm sub. Ah, man, that sounds pretty good. You're welcome. That does sound pretty good. I don't know if anybody's going to deliver around this time frame. Von Wagner said, basically, hey, my journey's just beginning. I'm unconventional. I train differently and whatever. Not the best introduction but something just to remind people that he exists we're gonna get uh that frankie monet match next week the nxt women's championship think she's winning Mm, no maybe Um, i'm leaning towards the yes we're also Uh, gonna get oh god i I just don't i just don't see anyone that's really positioned to challenge a heel at the moment it doesn't matter they're a developmental show they can develop their people Develop, uh, uh, development. <laughs> Joe Gacy will be the next one. Uh, like, all right, next time around, you can challenge for the women's title. I don't know. I guess, like, if you wanted to, if you're going to have her hold the title for a, a few months, I think the most next logical step would be to Indy Hartwell would be the next women's champion, probably. Huh. She's the one that's been, I guess, the the woman on the roster that doesn't that doesn't hold the championship that's been like he's been presented in the biggest light so far, so. Well, here's where I'm kind of thinking. Uh, we also know after Toxic Attraction cut a promo where Mandy Rose had said that she was upset that she had gotten her face batteredly and beaten, mind you. And of course, I'm making fun of I'm making fun of this, but I've fucked up like eight times on this paper of uh, this pay per view. I fucked up right yeah, there. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. I was gonna call it. I was gonna call it a pay per view point podcast. And we're not doing that. It happens. Fucking whatever. But I'm gonna make fun of it anyway because it was funny. So if anybody wants to go, oh, you almost said pay-per-view point. Yep. I fucked up. And she fucked up too. Batteredly and beaten. Uh, 
Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, they cut their own thing. It's yeah, it's it is what it is. But they're gonna get a tag team title match next week. And I think that they're beating Zoe Stark and Io Shirai because I think you got the draft coming up. This Io Shirai and Zoe Stark thing, utterly pointless. And they like switching these titles around. So put them on Dolan and Jane. Make it to where we just move on from there. We can do Indy Hartwell and Persia. Uh, Perota, I'm assuming. Maybe it's like some kind of an accent to a Perota or something. Um, they said that they're going to be gunning for the titles too. So let's get Dolan and Jane. Put the tag titles on them. Hartwell and Perota can challenge afterward. We'll see where that goes. And I think Zoe Stark eventually could potentially be the person that beats Frankie Monet because they seem to really like her quite a bit. EO doesn't. Nah, she doesn't, but she can uh, go up to Raw or SmackDown to have to deal yeah. with her. Um, Yeah, I mean, talk about the uh, toxic attraction for her. There's two things that I've uh, noted about this one. First of all, it's very, it, it was very diva-ish. Very. And, uh, yeah, and they were cut in the same sort of promo that you would see like legitimately this was probably cut five years ago by team Bella, this exact promo probably, or like bits and pieces from it. And secondly, uh, this was like the thing that launched all of those, uh, like tons and tons of YouTube videos where they say, w- uh, NXT going to be edgier content now. Well, just because just picture, uh, just, just a picture of Mandy <laughs> boobs. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> like they have one split second where Dolan goes by, uh, Hayes and Williams and they're like damn you know like that kind of thing and if that's what people are constituting edgy I got some news for you guys don't start googling things because oh safe search is off (laughs) you know there's a a certain hub out there that you might not want to click on (laughs) yeah yeah, that's just the um, yeah don't even google some of old uh, Priscilla Kelly stuff if you think this is edgy (laughs) that's true yeah Um, I mean see what she's been able to up to I've been up to on the indies What's been up to? No, don't do. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, are you guys coming around to what I was saying last week when I said this is Divas 2.0? This is literally just okay. We're going back ten years. Really feels like it. And so I'm curious to see if people are going to go the viewpoint of, and it's so great. Or if they're going to go in the direction of, hey, we're going to actually hold this company to the same ideals that we did before, and why are we going back to this? Because that's not what we liked before, and if we didn't like it before, we needed a revolution that turned into an evolution, so to speak, and we want to keep saying that we want an evolution to pay-per-view, whatever. Mm, can't have it both ways. It's another phrase constantly you saying on here. Next week, we're also going to have the debut of Lashing Out with Lash Legend, not Lash LaRue. Literally almost said it. (laughs) It's legitimately what we need is like, because there's one thing in WWE, they don't have enough talk shows. Yeah, and this week we got Happy Talk with Baron Corbin. You couldn't think of anything other than Happy Talk? Happy Hour. Exactly! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't want it lasting an hour. No, but it's the most obvious thing. Like, if you're going to call him Happy Corbin, which is dumb as hell to begin with, Come on, happy hour with Baron Corbin. Like, happy talk. God even damn. Happy chat, even happy chat would sound a bit yeah. more like the old flow, yeah. yeah. Shit, happy times with Baron Corbin. Mm. Happy talk is like, okay, well, then 
does uh Lash Legend just have like talking with Lash Legend, <laughs> you know? We're gonna have a brand new uh Toxic Attraction's gonna do their own thing. Toxic Attraction talk with Toxic Attraction. <laughs> Toxic oh, no, that's just toxic talk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, toxic talk with toxic attraction. Where you get batteredly unbeaten if you end up having a brawl after the segment. Realistically though, I like Lash Legend. I like this idea because it's a new way to introduce a character. And we haven't seen this kind of introduction for in a while. We also had Odyssey Jones win a handicap match and then uh no sell a chair. Very uh Opposite of Homer in the bathtub. Yeah, well, Odyssey Jones can do stunts. I don't like that they changed his theme. They changed a lot of people's themes. Toxic Attraction doesn't use that um, Sweet Dreams kind of thing. But Odyssey Jones had a good theme that, uh, like, better get it out my zone and out my way kind of thing. Like, that was catchy as shit. Now they changed it to something that I can't even really understand. I'm like, "Mm, ah, that sucks. Electro Lopez be on a sheer. I ever heard it. Google it at some point. Watch out for the those websites though. If you don't want to, you know, Google some of those things. Might get into some PG territory there. But <laughs> ankle or something. Ooh, look at them gams. <laughs> it's so weird how people used to talk. Uh, Brown Breaker, Tommaso Ciampa. They beat Pete uh, Pete Dunn and Rich Holland. And uh, Breaker holding that championship a little long afterward. and They're really they, selling that that's going to be the next champion. They need to strap this guy up. Like He need, he needs to be the next NXT champion and soon. Like, and be Rex Steiner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ideally I'd want him to be Rex Steiner as well. But even, even so, this guy is ready-made to be a champion already. And he would be a great face for this quote-unquote new era that they're going to be doing with NXT 2.0. Realistically... And maybe I'll get heat on this one as well, just because of um, my stance on particular things. But I've, I'm preferring this new format of NXT to the old style of NXT. Because it's I'm actually feel, it, it feels like it's fit for purpose now. It feels like it's a developmental show, which is what NXT was supposed to be, rather than, well, in at least in the last two years of tired indie, which was getting its ass kicked by AEW every single week. This at least feels... This at least feels fresh. It won't do after like a year or so, but uh, now I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm not liking it because I, I mean, ideally everything just is like the best thing ever. But if Raw and SmackDown were to be as good as NXT used to be, and then this NXT is the way that this is, I'd be okay with it. But the fact that we didn't get an upgrade in Raw and SmackDown to come out of that makes me just be like, all right, well then now my favorite show's gone out of the bunch, you know? So. But, you know, whatever. Could be worse. They do have at least one winner in Braun Breaker who needs to get a Brock Lesnar-sized push on NXT 2.0. Anything worth talking about for NXT UK? It's uh, Noam Dar against Wolfgang in the finals. And A-Kid's getting a title shot at some point. Yes. Good for him. Uh, Jenny beat uh, Isla Dawn. Uh... Uh, William Regal, uh, Charlie Dempsey's coming next week. That's cool. I like him. He looks like fun. I think that's about it. That happened there. Not too much. It's just an hour show. We're going to go with AEW next uh, after SmackDown. For anybody that's like, wait, you skipped AEW. No, we're, we're bouncing around. Um, we saved the best to last here. 
SmackDown, we got Shinsuke Nakamura retaining the Intercontinental Championship. We got Zelina Vega beating Liv Morgan by pinfall through a distraction for Carmella. What the absolute fuck is that? <laughs> like, we talk about it. Like, Zelina Vega hasn't won a, singles mat- a single match since coming back in July. And then the time they actually decide to give her a win, it's when the other person that she's facing has a pay-per-view match on Sunday. Why do we always want to watch losers fight on pay-per-view? Yeah. Uh, And one of the few matches that's announced for the pay-per-view and also not a gimmick match. Yeah, it's just, I'm tired of seeing, like, everybody lose on the way of going into a pay-per-view. It doesn't make me any more excited to see it. I want to see winners fight winners on pay-per-view matches because otherwise I don't care about it because I know this match doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, it's just it just it's always just the most amazing thing to me is that they've they had opportunities to give Selena Vega a win. In any real uh, scenario so far, and they said the one time they're going to give her a win, it's the absolute wrong time to give her a win. Just, yeah, this company. And I can't believe that they're just like they don't care about anything. And they're like, well, you wanted Selena Vega last week. It's like. Yeah, it's because it was 9-11, you morons. Like, <laughs> come on. What are you doing? Like, we gave her a, a win, and now you're complaining. It's like, that, but you do realize there's a difference between these things, right? There's nuance, there's levels, there's, you know, like, clearly, I'm hungry right now. And if somebody were to say, I brought you dinner, and they brought it to me on one of those dirty plates we were talking about earlier, I'd be like, I don't want to eat this. And they'd be like, well, you said you're hungry? What the fuck? Now you're going to complain? You don't want to eat? And be like, oh my god, come on. But that's the thing. Same thing when it comes to Shotzi and Knox come out and go, hey, the fuck? And everybody goes, yeah, we've been saying this for weeks. What the hell? <laughs> you wait until after new champions are crowned to bring back the other ones. Well, yeah, they they see Shotzi and Knox as like, oh, they, they're the new girls. We can wait on them. Rhea and Nikki A.S.H. are bona fide stars, so they need the belt. So the belt can be held by stars. It's just it's, it's maddening. Naomi didn't get her match. Uh, she got her mic cut off instead. This they're is really- a legitimately great segment. They're really building up to that she will fight Sonya Deville. So I don't want to hear this bullshit down the line when people go, oh, nobody has any patience for anything. And we're telling long term stories. If this does not lead to Naomi versus Sonya Deville, whether it's next week or the week after the week after the week after whatever the hell it is, this is where it's heading. I don't want to hear any kind of like and then it just dropped into nowhere and Naomi got traded over to Raw and we didn't see her anymore, except for she lost on main event to Eva Marie. Then I, then that's even more proof that you don't actually do long-term storytelling. You just want everybody to wait until you can figure something else out to be a distraction. It has Although to be I, Sonya versus Naomi. I have to say, Naomi needs to just like say, "Screw Sonya, I'm gonna go talk to Adam." True. <laughs> yeah, why not just talk to him? It's not like he doesn't yeah. outrank her or anything, too, right? But then that's logical, you know. Yeah, it was, I thought it was a really, really good segment. What else we got? Uh, Dominic says Ray Mysterio is suffocating him. Sami Zayn's like, yeah, hey, buddy, I don't want to intrude here, but intrude, intrude, intrude. So they're doing that dividing line between those two even more so, heading in the right direction when it comes to that. 
Seth Rollins like wants Edge to show up next week and say that he's better, so they're just gonna, you know, do something with that next week. Reigns beat Montez Ford because the whole story throughout the whole lo- uh, night was he had called the Usos bitches. Ooh. Um, yeah, Reigns you said the B Reigns. word, like that kind of thing. It's like Reigns yeah, that's the dirtiest word in WWE. Yeah, that's the word we know it's on. No, dirty words would be the ones we covered last week on the hot tags, like uh, and wrestling Raleigh, North Carolina. and Raleigh, North Carolina. You can't say <laughs> Raleigh anymore because it's not a big enough town, you know, that kind of deal. Can't say a uh, hospital, can't say uh, murder, kill, etc. You can say bitches, and the other people could be like, Oh, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> Reigns wrestled three times this week and will wrestle a fourth on Sunday. They're really like, Hey, we need these ratings up. Roman, please wrestle. The background just say color out of nowhere. Okay, they've got like Echo Dot was just sort of like color. <laughs> That's what I think about Roman Reigns. Color. It's color commentary in the background. That's what you saw. That's right. There you go. <laughs> uh, so we don't need to talk about AEW, right? Eh, nothing really happened. Move on. Just uh, no, say goodbye to everybody. No, there wasn't like a crazy four hours of television at all. No. Nah. So if you want to leave a comment below, twenty thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, Start off with Dynamite. Kenny Omega versus... Uh, I'm just going to call him Daniel Bryan. It's going to take a while for me not to say Daniel Bryan. Brian he's Danielson. He's definitely not Daniel Bryan anymore. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a fucking killing machine in the wrestling ring now again. And that was... Oh, that was half an hour just worth going out of your way to watch. Fun match that ends exactly how it should have with a time limit draw. Yep. I, I, was, um, I was advocating in my initial idea that I wanted um, Omega to win just because I feel like it would have put a stamp on the idea that not necessarily like AEW's better than WWE but it would make sense that Brian's came back four months and maybe he bit off a little bit more than he could chew going after the world champion in his first match and then you can start like do a story of like building him back up to eventually challenge Omega again and beat him but the time limit draw makes absolute sense and the way that it was handled as well with the fact that they were fighting each other up until well, after the bell happened as well. It's not like one was really close to winning. They were just still beating the shit out of each other. That that really worked. And yeah, it was an excellent match. One of the, the best on TV this year so far. Specifically, Callum, you got to see it commercial free, did you not? No, I well, through the means that I watched it, I did go through the American channels. Let's put it. Let's put it that way. I'm looking to see a commercial-free version because I need to see this match uninterrupted, totally bonkers. This was a fantastic 30 minutes of professional wrestling, and Brian Danielson is legitimately one of the best in the world. Kenny Omega, legitimately one of the best in the world. They need more of this. And yes, I do eventually want the hangman story paid off, but right now I'm so invested in the guys that they have right now taking this thing to a whole new level. Cause this was insane. Absolutely insane. Brian Danielson said he was gonna kick Omega's fucking head in. I, I don't know how many people on TV caught that, but I did see him say that to the crowd. The crowd was Alive, what a great stadium for wrestling. Like, this was one of the best matches I've seen on TV, not only this year, but just in years. 
another two thumbs up kind of scenario and you can't go wrong and who the hell surprised that this ended up being good you know what i yeah, mean exactly. it's good things are good it makes sense so that leads into a cm punk promo not one of my favorites uh kind of meh i'll be honest I thought, I thought it was good. It was like it was more it was more of the aggressive CM Punk. Like he's slowly starting to eventually morph into the more surly pipe bomb talking punk rather than the super grateful to be back in wrestling punk. Which is still good, but it'd be nice to, it's it'll be nice to see that transition play out now. I'm sorry, Sterling. <laughs> Shut up. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, CM Punk is he's doing the story how he wants to do it and he's having a lot of fun with the young guys and he says eventually I'm going to get mad and you know hold on one second Victoria stop <laughs> you gotta stop. stop the color commentary <laughs> uh, yeah you want to wanna, uh, just stop that real quick so you can redo no, we're fine <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. We're live, pal. Yeah, so great. CM Punk should be getting angry, and he'll get there. But I also like that he's using it in his story that people are like, "Oh, we're mad that you're not angry. You're just so happy to be there." Of course, he's happy to be there. He was a miserable prick for seven years. <laughs> Like we should be happy that this man has found his happiness, and he'll get there. And our house Hobbs got him kind of the way there. I think eventually it'll be like an MJF that'll, you know, turn the tide and make him a real surly prick. But again, we have to get there, and I'm wa- I'm enjoying watching the story play out. I want to hear the story play out between Rob versus Victoria. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I have my money on you. But <laughs> you're probably smart to do that. <laughs> um, MJF beats Brian Pillman Jr. as he should have. Um, yep. Malachi Black beats Cody Rhodes. I honestly, this match, I didn't get a chance to see. I just oh, ended up. Uh, I'll, I'll try to go back and check it out, but I was just doing a whole lot of other things at that point, so I, I missed out on that one. But yeah, um, the match itself wasn't actually that good. But, really? Uh, it was fine. Like uh, it, it. I think uh, Cody got too much on it in on him. Uh, crowd booed the shit out of Cody, which was hilarious. Ah. And it was just, yeah, they they were so anti him. And Brandy was back, and Arn Anderson fell over. Well, that's that the one. That's the one part that I did see. So when I reached a point, I needed to start fast forwarding. Essentially, I like I was figuring out dinner at the time, whatever like that. I'm like, I, I gotta skip through it just to see if I'm missing anything crazy. And I'm fast forwarding and I'm like, wait a minute, did Ryan Anderson just have like a heart attack or something? And I had to backtrack and I'm like, oh no, he just got knocked off. And I'm like, no, he didn't get knocked off though. He, uh. So what the hell's going on here? They, well, did well, it, seem, so he, it seemed to me like he was supposed to be around at a different spot to get knocked off. But when he was going around the ring post to get to that spot, he actually legitimately fell. Yeah, right. That, that's basically it. So he was standing on the apron on one side and he was cycling over to get into position for when he would be knocked off by Cody onto the floor. And then he just legitimately lost his footing, swinging around the uh, ring post and just fell off the first time and then had to Oof. get back up and do it again. So a little bit, a little bit dicey of a guy of uh, his age, but yeah, uh, pretty awkward. But yeah, he seemed to be, he seemed to be fine afterwards. Good. But, uh, 
but yeah, there was like the spots where um, Malachi did is is a uh, is flipped backwards into the ring, and then Brandy got into the ring and gave him like a double bird, and the crowd actually booed Brandy of doing that. Like the Brandy mother, uh, lovely woman by all counts, stuff like that. <laughs> just crowd just booing the shit out of her, uh, flipping off Malachi. I'm, they were actually saying boogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I I might be one of the like few people, obviously considering the reaction that Cody got into in uh, that huge stadium. I don't understand why people hate this guy. Like I really don't. Um, what happened was it's that fucking the promo from May, and people are so convinced that Cody and Brandy believe their shit doesn't stink. Like that's the genuine perception of them as people. I don't know why they boo them either. I happened to know the only person in the venue that was cheering them and legitimately got so excited for brandy that she almost fell over the rail and you know but like i don't know why people boo them maybe it's just because at the end of the day cody there's just an air about him that he works better as a bad guy i I don't get it maybe they're all upset on xavier woods's behalf from that story he's told (laughs) About a like in high school or whatever it was, Cody Rhodes flaunting uh, bowling or whatever it was. Um, well, people always seem to make the um, the jokes about the fact that like, oh, Cody obviously Cody gets a long entrance and stuff like that. But it's the idea that oh, Cody needs to get his win back or like Cody. Oh, this is the moment where Cody comes back to the forefront because it's Cody. It's just like Cody's put over more people than probably anybody in Dynamite. This entire in in the history of AEW, and without Cody, there is no AEW, and yet the crowd just like boo the shit out of him. It's just, yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, I'm not. I'm not particularly surprised. He does, as people say, he does give that air about him. I, I don't know. It's just that certain thing about him that makes you feel like you do. Maybe it's the fact that they're just. And I, I know some people would probably dispute that, but I think a lot of it is just pure jealousy towards the towards him because he does seem to have a pretty picture perfect life. <laughs> and he's also a guy that I think, and, and I know people say like, oh, and I know you've said this as well, Rob, so I don't, I'm not just picking on you. But the idea of like saying, I wish Cody would stop pretending that he's uh, he's going to retire from wrestling or he's uh, in his mid 40s, something like that. I think he legitimately is going to retire from wrestling in like three or four, in three to five years. Like he doesn't need it anymore. Uh, I don't point. think he's pretending. I just don't want to see it. I want to see Cody be a top star because he deserves that and i think his fans deserve that but i think he genuinely believes everything he said about not being a heel about the championship about the the heels and baby faces being antiquated terms i think he believes everything he says i just think that that adds to the growing disdain of cody Rhodes for some reason I don't like the whole retirement thing. I think that that's just, he's milked it already a couple times, and I'm like, all right, well, you either do it, which I don't think you should do, or stop it, you know? I I think that, um, I I just think that he he plays off it because there are the legitimate feelings. Admittedly, the last time he did play it off was the fact that he got beaten like less than five minutes, and so he probably would think, yeah, maybe I'm just not cut out for it anymore, so... I do kind of get it, and he does talk quite a lot, and he talks, and the way that he talks does get some people's emotions rolled up in like different ways. I think that's the the way he likes it. I think he likes being polarizing, in the same way that like a John Cena was polarizing. But uh, but yeah, that, I don't, that tattoo, I, you don't think so? <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, uh, that's that that's not polarizing. That I think I think a hundred percent of people think that's, that's shit. <laughs> but, like, 
So also, I think Brandy doesn't help the situation because Brandy is just a heel. <laughs> it's just I don't know. Again, she seems like a nice person, but like she is just a heel, and it's just something that again, something about her that just like she only works well as a heel. It's a, I hate to do this comparison, but it's like just to compare her to Stephanie. I'm sure Stephanie has. Every, everyone says person. that Stephanie is like the loveliest person to talk behind yeah, the things. Yeah, like the nice person. But that doesn't stop the <laughs> air that you give off. That is just like, oh, will this person go away? Yeah, there's yeah, a big I, difference I think, between Stephanie, who's probably legitimately like, we should figure out what we should do with Connor's cure. And then she will come out on the draft and be like, the first round pick for the draft. And it's like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, oh my God, you're going to turn heel, aren't you? And it's like, I'm just announcing the draft, guys. And it'd be like, who are you fucking over this week? I don't trust you. You're the authority. <laughs> you know, kind of like... I mean, maybe it's her theme song. I don't know. <laughs> it could be one of those deals. I'm sure it doesn't help. So is it worth me checking out that uh, Black versus Rhodes match, or should I just go like, ah? Eh, I, I mean, we kind of just told you what happened. So, yeah. I think yeah. you should watch the whole damn show again, just because it's such a great professional wrestling show. I gotta like, watch Rob Van Dam. So yes, you do. You gotta watch Rob you Van Dam right now. Will Rob Van Dam and appreciate him more? Yeah. Well, he was a good member of the um, Dark Side of the Ring thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not so much now then. Yeah, maybe you don't need to watch that. <laughs> well, actually, well, you do. People should watch the Dark Side of the Rings. They're good stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen beat FTR. Fantastic. Fantastic. And Baker retained the women's world title against Ruby Soho, which we all kind of saw coming. But hey, you know, she got a shot. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, distraction stuff in that one. But then again, I know she's here, so that you you would expect that, but it, it didn't make her Ruby look particularly good. I made the joke on the Fightful podcast that like eh, Ruby's got the excuse that she's a WWE baby face and they're stupid, so like sometimes that happens. But I didn't like how weak it made her look at the very end because she should have focused on the champion instead of getting distracted. But still a good match. I'm glad the women headlined. You know, many many people have been asking for this, so I'm glad it happened. She comes out of it looking a little bit weak, and now she's changed her name to Ruby So-So. Needed, so, job, really. needed to try to beat my uh, my horrible joke from earlier. Are you like, did you need that? If that makes you happy, Tony, I'm happy for you. It's not too much that does, so that does. <laughs> and rounding things out with the Rampage talk. I actually have not seen any of this episode yet, because... I just couldn't yet. I have it recorded, so I'll maybe watch it later on tonight. But I know what happened, because spoilers and everything like that had been posted. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Dallas had reported this on SmartGunMoment.com. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Dallas, for all the uh, reports that he keeps putting up, by the way. But, like, uh, show some love to Dallas, everybody. He's always covering us on a lot of things. So, you know, send him some some tweets or something, you know. Um, Punk Beat, Powerhouse, Hobbs. What do you guys think? He's wearing the trunks again. That was fun. I, it, it's just been so much fun watching him wrestle, and he's so excited. And I think it's great. Good match. Yeah, yeah he, had to, he had to obviously sell a lot more than what he did for Derby, because obviously it's a, a big dude that he's wrestling. But he got him up for the GTS, no problem. No leg nice. shaking or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I thought he looked... Uh, I thought uh, this match was as good, if not better, than the, the Allen one. I think Punk is uh, finding his rhythm. 
Super Click of uh, Young Bucks and Adam Cole beat Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Yeah, this was terrible. No, I'm joking. It's great. <laughs> of course it was. I mean, Six for, the love of, Look at the- for the love of God, that go back, Tony, and just watch Adam Cole's entrance. Listen to the pop. Listen to the Adam Cole, baby. So loud. This guy's a star and a half. I don't know how any promotion would ever get this man up. This is this was great. I want to see more trios from Adam Cole's and the Bucks. Yeah. I assume he'll be like managing. I don't know, uh, Lance Archer by the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just not. He's just can't. You can't. You can't be a star at that size. Poor Bearcat Lee ain't got no uh, mouthpiece. Uh, that's something we should have. Did, so oh, they yeah. didn't. They didn't show that on the air. So, no, because no, Keith Lee can't get on TV. Apparently <laughs> not. I don't but, fucking yeah. understand it, but they're going to go with Bearcat Keith Lee? So there, uh, there is precedence to the fact that there is a um a former wrestler, like an um, African-American wrestler, who I can't remember the uh, his actual name, but he did take the moniker of the Bearcat and was someone right. of... Yeah, and he was of a similar like uh, stature and proportion of uh, Keith Lee, so... I think there might be some element of just trying to um, recapture that thing, but there also is that element of, well, he can't get over without a a moniker. Well, he did have a moniker. It was limitless. Yeah. And uh, Not a fucking limitless because he does limitless moves because he's amazing as an athlete. Bearcat, like, look, it's he's gonna come not... in dressed as Bearcat. Like, he's gonna be dressed in like some sort of like tiger style clothes, like the old wild man Mark Marrow yeah. type gear. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, look, it's not necessarily a bad nickname. It's that it harkens back to an era from when, like, Bruce and Vince, maybe Vince in particular, was a child. And, like, the the connection is lost. So if you're like, oh, it's this great lineage of Bearcat, like, that's not it. So what is it that you're calling him Bearcat for? Just because it pops you? Like, it's weird. Yeah, I I don't like it. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. No, Better sir. than Crocodile Dundee Slapjack, though. I haven't seen that, but if he gets some kind of a name like a, uh, you know, some kind of full blown Crocodile Dundee sort of thing, at least I might laugh. But Keith Lee, he's just too good to be messing around with, and just calling him Bearcat's not going to get anything different. Instead of a uh, Shane Thorne, it's Swamp Swamp Man Slapjack. You know what I mean, like. Right, that might be something worth it. I don't know. I'm sure it's not going to be some, you know, marquee WrestleMania type thing, but it's got to be a matter of Vince just being like, we've seen that clip where he's like, look at what I've got here with like Keith Lee, like you know, like oh, like this big guy and he's great, whatever. He's got to be like, oh, you're like like this big, like monster. You're this animal. What kind of a monster animal? Kind of we can think of uh, like a fucking grizzly or whatever. It's a bear cat. There you go. You're, you're bear cat. You know. It's, ah. it's like all right, Vince. Yeah. I guess I'll be the bear cat. Roar. <laughs> kind of deal. Eve Page and Scorpio Sky beat Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. On a rampage. Yeah, that was fine. You know, it's a Jake Hager match in 2021. Judas is over as fuck and no one can tell me otherwise. I don't care if you like Jericho outside the ring or not. Jericho on TV and the Judas stuff is over. 
yeah, the most interesting part of this was not the match itself. It was the, the post-match attack. Obviously, it was interesting the fact the men of the year won, which is obviously good for them because I think they needed a, a, a more high-profile pro, high win. Uh, but um, it was the post-match attack by a bunch of MMA stars, stars led by Dan Lambert, just beating the shit out of Jake Hager and um, and uh, Jericho. Uh, funny enough, without any support coming in from Sammy Guevara or a Proud and Powerful, yeah. which does make make the indication of why didn't they break up the inner circle all those uh, all those weeks and months ago? Yeah, they haven't really been doing does. shit together. You know? Yeah, it, it really is maddening, isn't it? But yeah, I, that, I, that was a, that was a that was a rare misstep by them, I think. But I think the match was good, and I'm glad that this team got a win. And I think, like, how much can you really do with Hager in general? But this is a good feud for him because it's with American Top Team, and there's a legitimate mixed martial arts shoot wrestling connection. What do we have after that? It was uh. Well, I, after that, uh, they got beat down by American Top Team. Well, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. We have, uh, Penta, Phoenix, Santana, and Ortiz against Butcher the Blade and Private Party. Yeah, another fun multi, multi um, man tag team match. So. Can't Nothing go super wrong. crazy there. I imagine yeah. that they'll, they'll use that springboard towards a, a match between um, Lucha Bros and Proud and Powerful going forward. And I'm down with that. They have great chemistry together. And if you're not down with that, we have two words for you. Penelope Ford. Uh, defeated <laughs> Jay by Ben Paul. Um, obviously, yeah. this is probably just that's just match kind of deal, right? I I like yeah, the knuck, the brass knuckle gimmick that they're all working, but yeah, just a match. Yeah, there's a couple of other things that we need to mention, both related to that match and before it. Before that happened, they did the um the Sammy Guevara gimmick where he comes out with placards. Yeah, and um, he was there with Fuego, and then Miro beat the shit out of Guevara and Fuego. Threw, Fuego. Fu- threw him off the stage. Fuego is like, I love Fuego, sure, but like the worst best friend. Like, what? You, you can't at least try to fight back a little, pal. Like, don't let Sammy get beat up like that. Now, do you think Sammy has a chance on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think he's got a good chance. Yeah, I don't know. But that's I, I'm not saying it's like, I don't know where I would lean towards like percentage wise. Like, I almost feel like it's close to 50 50 because they could get the title on Miro because Miro's been doing great with it. But Sammy is an established name and he hasn't won a title yet. So it might be a good opportunity to give him that. But yeah, that, that's a good thing. It's unpredictable. So that, that means that I'm more invested in it. I'm currently um, at about a 45 for Sammy. I don't quite think he's going to win, but yeah. there's, there's it's, a chance. It's close enough that it's interesting. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he's going to, you know, mirror us up against, say, I don't know, uh, Baron Austin Black, Gunn. where it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, he's not going to lose, you know, like, but Sammy Guevara, he could be a really good TNT champion right now. And then what happened off the uh, uh, match that we just spoke about, the uh, Ford and Anna J match? Uh, there was a post-match beatdown. Uh, Hardy Family Office came out to kind of, uh, I guess, uh, bodyguard the fact that uh, uh, Ford and the Bunny were beating up Ty Conchi and uh, Anna Jay. And then first Orange Cassidy and Chris Stanlander comes out, and then they're joined by all of the members of the Dark Order. But then you have all the members of the Dark Order, they clear the ring, they get everyone out of it. 
but then they refuse to shake hands and Stu Grayson and Iwuno leave again on their own. And so they're still teasing the rift between the Dark Order. So I guess we need a cowboy to come in and fix it. Now, I think this week even Grayson looked pissed off with Uno. Yeah. So it seems like... It's, Uno seems to be the one who's yeah. the, the sticking point at the moment. But, yeah. Uh, I think Rochester, you know, home of Brody Lee, is as good of a place as any to get this all sorted out. So they should be looking to do that next week. If Hangman is ready to come back. Is Stu Grayson technically designated number two? He was player dose. Uh, yeah, I'd say so because Evo knows number one. Right. So. And so, yeah, two. Two. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Reynolds is free and Silver's four. Silver's four. They yeah. never, they never mentioned that, but yes. Alan Angels is five. Nobody's six. Nobody's seven. Nobody's eight. Nobody's nine. Then you got Preston yeah, you got, ten. Vance. Yeah, you got ten. I don't Andrew's know what number. Ninety-nine. Yeah, I don't think Cole Cabana's ever been given a number. That's right. He hasn't been given a number as far as I'm aware. I'm just waiting for whoever number 69 is. That's the only thing that I'm really waiting for in this entire, <laughs> this entire door quarter thing. Is that secretly like uh, Taikon Chi's number or something? And that's why they haven't said it yet. Oh, no, yeah. 69 and uh, 99. Yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think who else would uh, kind of fit in that rock. Maybe um, that says Cole Cabana's. <laughs> I'm just seeing if there's anyone on the indies that kind of fits that, like... Uh, that's what they could do, like a Playboy gimmick type thing or whatever. I mean, the only person who is openly embracing sexuality enough to do that is currently, I think, still with NXT, and that's Scarlet. You know, Scarlet would have had some. Fun oh, she would do that, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they had that reserved for Joey Ryan, and then everything went oh, south, exactly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they probably would have done that with Joey Ryan. They used to have him a lot on BTA, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that I do like about Tony is even before all the speaking out stuff, he was never high on Joey. Like he just didn't he didn't like the gimmick and he <laughs> stuck to his guns. Fair enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean the lights out match, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston against Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Was this a really cool blood fest? Oh yeah. Fun fight. Fun yeah. fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was um I think it was good. I was I was probably hoping for maybe a little bit better because the way they decide to structure the match is you would imagine that like because it's Eddie Kingston's like hometown pretty much that he would get more of a shine in this one. Whereas he was actually kept mostly on the outside and they spent the, the vast majority of the match was John Moxley handcuffed or his hands tied behind his back and getting the shit kicked out of him by uh, Archer and Suzuki. It was still fun. Don't get me wrong. It was still it was still a fun match. But the most interesting thing was that Homicide came back or came back came out for the first time in uh, AEW and helped uh, Kingston win the match after uh, Moxley had had his hands tied up. So so yeah, they get the victory. Yeah, it was a good match. And you get, and you have, give Kingston the pin in his hometown. It's what you do, you give people wins in their hometown. No, what we do is we develop. Uh... Such a penchant for not doing that that we can release a top ten on our social media of how many times people have gotten their asses kicked in their hometown. Is that a thing that actually happened? Yes, that is. Yeah, they have probably released that. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> they probably do two. They probably do two of them now. Part two as well. Yeah, and they mm. did. Honestly, I think on Friday, no less, they released a top ten 
of the biggest hometown welcome gone wrong. Oh, right. <laughs> based on the uh, Bianca Belair thing. Based on the right. Bianca thing, yeah. Makes sense, then. Jeez. But yeah, again, it was a good show. I don't think it was uh, quite at the level of... Uh, Dynamite because the crowd was getting quite tired by, the, especially in the second hour of uh, Rampage, because obviously it was all recorded in one hit, so it's four hours. So, uh, but yeah, still a, a good show. Five hours, really. They taped uh, Dark Elevation as well. Oh yeah, yeah. They did yeah. Get Thunder Rosa out there for a little while. So, but at least they got five hours of great wrestling, and even if it is exhausting, it's still great. And I hope they do Arthur Ashe Stadium every year. Seems like they pretty much could at this point. Just put some hot matches on there and you're pretty good to go. Amazing. This company is really deserves a lot of credit for everything they've done in such a short span of time. Good things are good. It works. Yep, it really does. And that's the TV talk for the week, and that's all the hot tags that I got written down. So right. we did you it. Yeah, we uh we were a day late for this, but we gave you guys a kind of double edition almost. And, you know, drop your comments below. Tell us your thoughts on these kind of things. Next time you're going to be hearing from us is going to be the post show for the actual pay-per-view point, not the one that I almost said, of the Extreme Rules 2021 pay-per-view, which, of course, there's going to be stuff on smartcomoma.com talking about the actual results. And we're going to break down the results and talk about all the things that are good and bad and everything in between when it comes to that. So... Make sure that you are not just subscribed to this YouTube channel, but that you also have your email alert set up. So when you can get that email notification of now they're officially live on there, but we usually try to make that as soon as possible after the pay-per-view, usually about like five, 10 minutes or so at max. And that stuff's happening tomorrow night or probably tonight by the time you're listening to this. And then we're going to roll on through the next couple of weeks with some of the other content that we've got planned. But currently we don't, 100% have a plan for next week. The idea that we're tossing around right now is maybe we'll do how would we book the WWE draft for 2021. But if we're going to talk about draft results after that as the main event for the week following, might not necessarily be the best idea for us to do that because then we might just be like, yeah, well, we think that it should have been the way that we did it before. But I don't know. We're still going to toss out some ideas. So I don't know. It's still like a two part conversation. It's, well, here's what we think should logically happen. And then as has become tradition every year, it's how did they not yeah. <laughs> move Drew McIntyre? You know, like, right. Whatever so, is. I mean, we're going to, no matter what, we're going to break down the draft results the week after, you know, the days following after they do that. So that's set in stone in whatever fashion it is. But if there are any ideas of what you'd like to see for the next episode for number 513 that week, then let us know. We'll take that into consideration. Maybe you are really harping on that we should have some kind of superstar scores, or maybe we should do some kind of, I don't know, fan outs table or something. I don't know. At least if you express your opinion, we'll have that in consideration and we'll see how it works. Then after that, we're going to get into whatever we get into and we get closer to the crown jewel stuff and some mailbag content, whatnot. And uh, lots of mock draft content and ultimate roster discussion and, and whatnot. That's going to be a lot of fun to record over the course of the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that kind of stuff. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Smartout Moment. Follow everything over on fanboysanonymous.com and check out what's happening over there for the movie reviews and some commentary tracks and some different things like that. 
just head on over to fanboysanonymous.com, follow and like and share and favorite and subscribe and do all that stuff for all the same things you would be doing because pretty much anything that's on Smart Cow Moment, the same thing carries over with fanboys, TeePublic, Redbubble, Patreon, et cetera, et cetera. And follow me at Tony Mango. Follow Rob at Dude Feliced. Yep, literally at Dude Feliced on every social media platform. And of course, make sure to check out Fightful.com and Fightful Select for all of your wrestling scoop needs. And you should also follow Callum. Right, Callum? Yep, follow me at Wigmeister14 on Twitter. Check out the stuff on smartcamo.com, including the power rankings, my week-to-week contribution. Uh, as we alluded to earlier, if you want to take a trip back in time for some more wrestling content, then there is always 2001 and Wrestling Odyssey and the Paul Heyman's Smackdown podcast. And yeah, that's it for me. That's going to be it for all of us for this edition. So once again, thank you for listening to this. Thank you in advance for your comments below. Thank you for your support. And we will see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smark Out moment. And we're being counted out.